on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will dive deep into Bad Batch S2E3, the solitary clone, by breaking down all of its important moments and lore additions. After they've handled the batch, they'll turn their breakdown lasers to the new Mando S3 trailer and the plot beats it hinted at in another scholarly teardown of new Star Wars content. Once they've wrongly predicted the events of Mando S3, they'll move into an intriguing new Ahsoka rumor about a Rebels character making their live-action debut. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewie! Now, everybody! Man, my hat really makes me look like a slapdick today. Let me move that down. The old forehead, Nick, it just keeps growing in, in height. You know what I mean? You, you know what I'm talking As you get about. older, your your head just gets larger. <laughs> well, I, I, need, I need a haircut because unlike you, I, I have not taken the full plunge and the just uh, buzz in my head, like shaving it. Oh, not, wait, I, you I do buzz like, still go to a barber? No, oh, yeah, her, yeah. His his name's my wife. Okay. Uh, that's that's my barber. I, I'm, I actually wanted to start training Charlie on it, <laughs> see if she could take the clippers and at least not cut off ears and and nick my my head too much. But yeah, like when my hair gets a little, and it's funny to say long, especially if you're on the live stream because I have like such a high hairline. But when it gets long, I really look like a homeless person. Like I, I, I look like I should be locked up. It, it's not a good look because some patches have more length than other patches. <laughs> it's not the full on like Bozo the Clown look that some bald men sport. Uh, but it doesn't look good, and and I got to be on camera tomorrow for my students, so I got to somehow schedule in a buzz cut this evening. Yeah, I definitely um, like shave my head probably once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you gotten one of those deals? Like, I don't know. I, I got targeted ad out the ass on Instagram last week. And I don't know why, because I, I haven't talked about, hey, I need a head shaver. But I've seen a lot of these deals. It's like a palm shaver you can use in the shower or whatever. And you just like it looks like you can just be like yeah, I, all over your head without worrying about cutting or anything. Yeah, do you, yeah, do you I, use something like that? I have one of those. So like I have one of those and those are really good at like getting you down to the skin. Um I will say that like the, at least the one that I have doesn't work as well as it shows on like the commercials and the ads and stuff, but I don't have one of the ones from the ads. Um, but they work well. Like it probably takes 10, 15 minutes to do your whole head just kind of going around. Do you have to bick after that or that's good enough? No, that's good enough for me. I mean, and then, uh, if, if I, if I gotta be a little bit quicker about it, then I just use like a regular, like, um, like what I would use to like trim my beard, except I take the beard guard off and just go around yeah. my head. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I like, <sighs> as soon as I started, choice, man. I mean, you don't have hair. Like 
you, you, mentally you're hanging on to it because of like masculinity reasons. That's just like a like a like a brain scientific fact. No, I, I it really <laughs> trust me. It has nothing to do with masculinity or looks. It has everything to do with I don't want to buzz my head two times a week. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Like I just I don't want to. Do, I I it's hard to even get me to shave under my neck more than once a week. So. <laughs> That's really the biggest hang up and why I'm asking about these skull shavers, because when it comes down to it, it's got to be something that is brain dead easy and that I should only need to do once a week. But I know once you start, you got to, you know, you got to keep doing it because you can't have fucking prickle dick head. Well, it just depends Uh, on like where you're going to. Like if you're not like I I, like I shave like if I know we're going out. I'll shave my head before we go out. Like I'll take a shower that morning and then shave. And yeah. then stuff like that. But yeah, it's I mean, usually it's, work. A, it's at least once a week that I'm, that I like, you know, shave my head probably like yeah. once during the week and then once over the weekend. Uh, but that's well, just, I think like, I'm going to maintain laziness and just go with the, this guy should shave his head, but doesn't look, uh, for, for the time being, because it really is just a, it's a procedural thing for me. I, I uh, while I do like to diet and I always think I'm fat, that those, those are different brain damage issues than my hair. Uh, my hair, I understand. I've lost that battle, but <laughs> I, I'm not that vain. As a short, fat person, you learn very early in life that being vain is useless because you're like you're so far down the totem pole of looks that it it doesn't matter. I mean, I could I could have made myself ripped, chiseled, and had you know, Fabio hair, and I still would have been passed over because of my height. Uh, <laughs> you women are evil to us short men out there. <laughs> so, uh, all right, look at everybody. I'm in the live stream chat. Okay, every Tuesday, 2.30 p. East on YouTube at Star Wars Time Show. Let's do it. Holy hell, man. We got some Star Wars to talk today. We got Bad Batch S2 E3, the solitary clone, the breakdown. Uh, we're not ready for it yet, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tease it there. Probably one of the finest bad batch episodes to date. We got the, uh, the NFL playoffs Mando trailer drops. So Nick and I are going to break that down because I did not break it down personally. So, uh, screw you, the 20 people that watch my content on YouTube. You're just going to have to wait for the show. Now I was kind of proud of myself, Nick, that <laughs> Last night at 9.30, I didn't drag my ass down to the cave and start breaking down a Star Wars trailer because I think I'm, I'm starting to learn. No one, no one fucking cares what I have to say, so what's the point? I'll save it for Tuesdays when the 20 people that do care what we have to say are tuned in. There so you go. here we go. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's not worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm about ready to give up the Bad Batch breakdowns too, but that, that, might, that might take some legit psychotherapy. <laughs> To achieve, go Cowboys! Uh, One six is a Cowboys fan living up there in New York State. That's interesting. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if he had some time down in old Tejas before he moved up north, or if he's been up there his whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, that he is just, weird. I, you know, it's I'll never, as a Steelers fan from birth, I'll never concede that Cowboys are America's team, but that is that's kind of their their slogan. I'll never forget when I moved to Texas. I had a, a Steelers license plate wrapper on it. No shit. Parked in traffic. Some fucking Texan got out of his car, looked at my license plate, looked at me, and then spit down at my license plate. I was like, <laughs> yay! That sounds like the some- stars are bright <laughs> day and night. 
deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, that's definitely some like uh, Houston, Dallas shit. Because like as long as I've lived in Austin, and I mean this is gonna be you're the one hippie bastion of that state. Yeah, I was really, like, this I is mean, gonna be eight eight <laughs> years in March that I've been here. Nobody gives a shit about what sports team you pull for. Yeah, like the only thing yeah. in in Austin that people like will care about is like UT, you know, like UT football, stuff like that. But when it Got comes it. to professional Got games, it. because Austin does not have a professional team outside of their, their new soccer team. Uh, nobody really gives a fuck. No, you're, I mean, you're literally the Southern Columbus, but, but nicer. Cause it's not Columbus and it's in the South. I mean, I, I, we have Ohio state here. So our, that's our big sports team. And that's the town is essentially, Ohio State, like you guys, your town is more or less going to be UT and then all the techies down there. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so yeah, I get it. I mean, we have a professional hockey team, the Blue Jackets. I think they've won one playoff series in 20 years. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> then we got the, we got the crew. Actually, your your professional team is our old soccer team, but uh, our fans put up such a fight that we were able to keep the brand and made your owner start anew down there in Austin. Just in case there are any MLS historian fans listening today. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now you know. All right. Well, hey, look at this. Props and one six shooters saying they were up late night late night last night waiting for the SWTS Mando trailer breakdown to drop. So sorry, and gentlemen. Look at, look at them. They're both here now, so they get to see it done live. <laughs> yeah, even better. You're gonna get it live <laughs> yeah. and you'll get the added bonus of Nick's two cents instead of just me being the one to vomit up all my speculations that you need to take to the bank. Also, it's a fucking minute Uh, long trailer. Like, (laughs) yeah, it really was. I I mean, I think it was 90 seconds and uh, I mean, you you got some new voiceover and and most of the footage was fresh, but I I've liked what they've done so far with the Mando uh, promos. And, and, you know, they're, they, they make you feel like they're giving you a, a lot of shit to look at, but they're really giving you nothing. I mean, uh, if you're worth your salt and Star Wars speculating, it, it, it's it's been clear what the season's going to be about since the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, but we'll, hey, we'll get in there. Let, let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, that's the tea. Stick around. We're here for you. SWTS Star Wars. So, uh, Nick, before we get into the Bad Batch breakdown, mm-hmm. actually, I can hear my our little special guest is coming. coming so down. I don't want to get too a... deep into thought. Yeah, it's that time I of the show be, yeah. where. She's she's reporting in. Uh, I guess while I'm waiting on her, I will. I, we did get through our Indiana Jones um, marathon this weekend. Nice. And she she dug it. And surprisingly, you know how we were worried about melting faces in the Temple of Doom. Yeah. I, I think, dude, because these kids like they're so used to life like VFX that when they see the shit from the '80s, where you know they were trying but it's still it's now clearly it's like, oh my God, what, are they, what are they doing yeah the, the heart rip didn't phase her at all the monkey skulls is like yeah yeah whatever I, I watch worse stuff on youtube kids than this so i there she is <laughs> the little indiana jones right do 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 did you like indiana jones a little bit right not too bad they can't hear you you got to say something <laughs> You're a little nervous today. All right. Well, I didn't have the best day. You didn't have a good day. Uh-huh. I'm yeah, sorry. Because our substitute teacher was pretty bad. Yeah, subs are <laughs> subs. It's like a coin toss. They're either going to be great or they're going to be terrible, huh? And also, she made us 
get hand sanitizer before lunch. Miss Waddle doesn't do that. Well, we just I'll tell you what. It, it sounds like you need to go start yourself a freedom convoy for her making you <laughs> clean your hands so you didn't get any viruses. All right, buddy. Good to see you. Love you. May the force be with you. And Indiana Jones, too. <laughs> All right. Sorry. If you're new here, that's that's part of the show. You know what I mean? We 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 got to get a checkup from the youngest member of the SWTS crew, and that is young young Charlie Haywood there. So, yeah, uh, back to the Indiana Jones. I mean, she she dug him. Uh, I we were both kind of doing our our own thing. I was editing photos because believe it or not, I actually did two photo shoots last week. Uh, if you're privy to our Discord, I was in there talking to Tones and some of the other guys. Nick, I I I, I like had to have them talk me off a ledge already. <laughs> like I just just got back to toy photography, was, was trying to clear my table full of one six scale hot toys, and I get to the Boba Fett repaint with Throne, like a great figure. It comes with a great Tamara head and everything, but these dumb cocksuckers at Hot Toys, for some reason, decided okay. To put his actual flesh and blood head in, you are going to need hair dryers, pliers, patients, uh, you know, <laughs> the rosary, you name it. Because it's not just a simple, hey, pop the helmet off and then put the guy's head on the ball joint, as most hot toys are. No, you literally have to take the entire black neck piece out for the helmet attachment which, as I said, on my figure is impossible. So you know me. <laughs> if I'm in there trying to change accessories and it's not going as quick as my brain thinks it should, stuff starts to get a little squirrely. Yeah, things uh, start to break. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in the Discord, I'm like, can someone please offer up some assistance on this little cunt? Because if I don't get help soon, this thing is going the way of The Last Jedi Luke from many years ago, if you remember that story. Mm -hmm. I was outside doing a shoot. His one fucking hand would not go on right. So I took a $90 figure and s smashed him against the wall with a 90-mile-per-hour fast figure ball. So we, we were getting to that point with this hot toy. Now, mind you, this thing's damn near 400 bucks, so I didn't want to start throwing it or twisting it around like a voodoo doll, or ripping other fucking parts out. And uh, so after scratching up the neck with pliers and having no luck with, with uh, a dryer, I was like, you know what, fuck it. It ain't worth it. He's, he's going to sit on his throne with his helmet. I don't care. But I hate you! Repaint Boba Fett, and I hate you, Hot Toys, for that system. It's so stupid! Just make it like Bo-Katan or Din Djarin. You fucking take the helmet off, then you pop in the skin face. <laughs> Why? Why black neck pieces and, and, and faux helmet heads? <sighs> so, yeah, it was fun for a little bit until I ran into that. And now I was reminded of why I hate this shit. <laughs> uh, I hate them. Uh, well, hey, appreciate those that do watch my breakdowns. We'll get there. Dan the Man, welcome. Dr. Mad Studio, welcome, welcome. All right, I like it. We got some new names in here. That means our our disciples, or what do we call them, the apostles, have been out there preaching the good word of the SWTS. <sighs> hey, did you watch Last of Us? Because I sure shit didn't. Nope. I did not. Nope. I mean, okay. I'm I'm going to at some point, but I have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's not like I'm boycotting it or anything. I know it was the hot shit. 
or the hot pop culture over the weekend, but I, I was just I was in like NFL playoff and Indiana Jones land. I'm also working through the uh, DeLorean Lego, which is a fine little build. Uh, so I so I skipped that too. But yeah, I want to check that out. Maybe maybe next week we'll talk about it. Uh, but I, I've been hearing some good things. Been hearing some good things. You know, some people are like, Bleh! other people are like, oh, it's the best video game adaptation of all time. Blah blah blah. I've blah, only blah. So like sure. I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it. I've only heard good things. But then again, like I I don't really like go seeking it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like all the stuff that I've seen is like it's amazing. It's as like close to the series as you can get but also is like additive to what the game was yeah yeah i mean my issue is is that like i know what this first episode is going to open with and it's going to crush me emotionally so i'm like i have to be in a headspace where i'm ready to experience that because if you've played the first last of us game like it is like you get that whole opening sequence with joel and his daughter like played oh, out cool. in yeah no that that's very up that's an uplifting moment yeah. in the in the franchise for sure and i'm like oh i mean yeah, dude yeah. that i mean it really is it, it's it's one of the greatest video games ever really at least narratively yeah. and, and really the it, gameplay it, it, matched the, the narrative it's top five and, in terms of my all-time games and i still need to finish last of us two because i know it's gonna be equally as good oh that, that but that one's a banger i i found the deuce to be even better than the first one. It's just like, to be honest with you. I, I got to that part where, where, I mean, spoiler alerts. I mean, I know this game came out, what, three years ago. Um, spoiler alerts for those of you out there. But like, I got to the part where, where Joel gets clubbed in the head with the golf club. And I'm like, I, I have to stop playing this game. <laughs> it's, it's fucking, it, um, you know, when the walking dead was at its peak and you had, uh, you know, the survivors button up with, with Rick's group and the, and the cliffhanger with the, with the bat and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the Joel scene kind of rivaled that tension and sick to your stomach feeling that, that the walking dead was able to elicit back in the day. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I mean, it, it really is one of the greatest franchises ever to me, but because of, of the content and, and what it deals with, I, I don't think I'm ever going to replay the games, uh, yeah. even though they're that fucking good. Like last of us one has been remade 4,000 times. Yeah. I think it just got, it's like it's 4,000 yeah. in first remake on the PS5. I mean, it's just like Skyrim. At I'm this not going to touch it. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to touch it though. Cause yeah, like you're means. saying, it's just like, I don't want to as great as it is. It, it'd be like touching hot stoves over and over again. So yeah. like, I, I don't, I know it's a video game. I know it's not real. But these days I tend to kind of parallel what's going on in pop culture to what's going on in my life and how I would feel if, if I was presented with these situations. So, yeah, nothing I want to deal with. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I will probably watch it this week um, just because the buzz has been so good and it is a show that I really want to watch. But I'm like, like I can see screen like I've seen screenshots of it and I see Pedro Pascal holding his daughter as he walks up. to, the, And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, like that was the I, the the military waster, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, that. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. The, like he's sitting there, and he like all of this chaos and destruction is happening, and he's it just, just starts trying to, happening. Yeah. Like he's just trying to get his family out, and like that scene goes down, and I'm like, that's the fastest I've ever cried in a video game ever. Like within the first 20 <laughs> minutes of it starting, I was like, I yeah, rarely doozy, cry man. at at media at all. 
like especially a video like i don't know the, the the last time that i've cried at a video game other than the opening of the last of us but i was like i as soon as that happened i was like holy shit this is, game is going to be very uh interesting <laughs> yeah no it, it's a banger I, do you remember the first time a game moved you cuz i'll never forget it for me uh, it was 97 final fantasy 7 Eris death I mean, you remember back then that 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 shit didn't exist. You yeah. didn't really have cutscenes. You didn't have three D anything. So like, getting hit with that stuff at, 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 at with high schooler emotions. I mean, come on. I Aerith was like one of my girlfriends for Christ's sake. So I mean that that fucked me up. And that that's why still. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is easily in my my top three because of its impact on gaming. But but me as a gamer and a gamer that started really at the genesis of of home gaming. It was just, it was just such a crazy experience. Yeah. I mean, I like, I don't remember ever getting like super emotional, um, at, at anything until the last of us. I mean, I've played a ton of games, played any, like all, like basically all generations of consoles from NES forward. But I think the, I mean, like there may have been some like other ones that are kind of mixed in there, but I think it was, it was probably either final fantasy 10, um, or it was the last of us. The last of us is the only one that really stands out to me in terms of like a, a, a more prominent, like emotional reaction to like what was happening in the game. Yeah. 10, tens one. I still have never fully finished. Like I always get very close and, you know, it, I, I love 10 too, but it, it almost got too expansive and you, you go here, you go there, you do this, or, you know, some of the, some of the levels got a little wonky if you didn't have a guide, if you know what I mean. And that's how games used to be. You remember playing games with no internet? I mean, fuck. Yeah. How did, how did video games even make it this far? Because you, th you would think most of us would have quit. Yeah, these I mean. <laughs> days you, you've got everyone their mom has how-to guides out the day a game is released yeah. but you know back in the dark dark ages and no internet that was when you nothing you, you would have to buy those like the books like you would have to buy like the game. or call the nintendo hotline yeah, How, nintendo i don't even hotline, know if you remember that i mean like nintendo that. literally yeah. Cause I remember getting a Nintendo. He's like, "Yeah, I finally got one." You'd start playing games. You could only play a game for like ten minutes, and then it would kick your ass. You're going, "Um, is this fun? Like, is this is playing Contra without the code fun? Really? Because we we die by the fucking second level every time." And then you know, one of the older neighborhood boys gave us the code, and that changed our lives forever. I mean, once you learn the Konami code, you're like, "All right, cool. We can actually beat these games that we wanted so bad and are playing." All right. We're way off the rails. Let's, let's let's get things back to Star Wars because we actually have some real shit to talk about today. So I don't want it to turn into a, a five hour long show here. Uh, but there you go. Pop culture talk. You, you, you always get a little bit of that to start SWTS. So let, let's go ahead, dude. Let's move right into Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. It gave us exactly what both of us wanted after watching the two episode premiere when we were both going, hey, Where's the Empire stuff? Well, they're like, hey, Matt and Nick, <laughs> calm down. Hold my beer. Wait for episode three. So, uh, Nick, go ahead. The way we usually do this, we each give our individual quick review. We go through yeah. some of the top moments, and then we'll analyze you know, any, any new lore, any references that may have popped up. So what say you about the solitary clone? Uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you that it is probably one of the strongest Bad Batch episodes yet, and it also... Mm -hmm. I, I think that one thing that 
became stark in terms of the contrast between this seat, like this series and the Clone Wars happened in this episode. And it is that like, this one is definitely going to be a little bit more dark than Clone Wars. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, C- Clone Wars was like a, a very fun romp that was definitely more kid centric. And even to a degree, like Rebels was kind of the same. I mean, all I mean, I'm I'm only mentioning these three series because these three series all have the same animation style. I know that there are other Star Wars animation series out there, but like these are the big three, really. Um, and with this episode, you really set the tone for the Bad Batch potentially moving forward, being a little bit more gritty, even though it is an animated cartoon series, and a little bit more dark considering the time period that you're working in, like directly after order 66 directly after the fall of the republic in the in the formation of the empire and like i think that's something that we definitely um we definitely needed in the star wars cartoon series was a little bit like not leaning so heavily on like the campiness and and like the fun aspect and that's kind of what episode one was because like now, now we know like you know that there's some really kind of dark stuff happening there's a lot of like seedy underbelly of the empire that's starting to be shown, especially through uh, Admiral Rampart. I mean, we saw him essentially ice that clone at the end of uh, uh, episode two last week. And then now episode three, just being about as callous as possible when it comes to um, handling of the clone units, especially the CT and CC units. Like it's almost, it's almost like he's like if it was up to him, he would just shoot them all himself and then oh, yeah, and then yeah, move yeah. past them. Um, but he's did you feel did you feel he was purposely fucking with Crosshair at lunchtime per- by calling him up every time he would just sit down, just to, sit eat, down to eat or was that just yeah. coincidence? No, yeah, I think he you is. Think, I think, you think he was doing that on purpose. I think I mean like one he he definitely knows that that Crosshair was a part of Clone Force ninety nine and and because of that he is kind of in like an addled clone, you know, like he is a, a very different clone in terms of how his chip works and, and everything else. So he's definitely trying to like mentally break this guy. Basically what I'm reading it as is he's like, I'm going to get you to fuck up so I can kill you. And then just, we can be done with you. And like, we can move more towards the TKs and away from the CCs and the CTs. Um, but yeah, I thought that this was an excellent episode. I mean, um, there was a lot, there was every, I mean, I know that, that none of the Bad Batch was in it aside from Crosshair, but I think that's what made it super interesting is that you did get to spend an entire episode inside yeah. of the Imperial, uh, ranks and just to see how things were functioning, um, post order 66 and now with the expansion of the empire. So yeah, it was, it was up there in terms of my favorites. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I pretty much have the same things to say. I mean, I, I titled my review Imperial Clone Wars because it did, it, while it did feel like an episode of the Clone Wars, it, it kind of had the same beats, clones, fighting battle droids, da, 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 but it, it had that, that dark specter hanging over it of it being the Imperial clones, Imperial clones doing the bidding of really shitty Imperial officers. Uh, so I, I loved how it called back to the formula that made the, the Clone Wars so successful, albeit with that Bad Batch uh, kind of dark and gloomy flair that, that Nick was talking about. 
So the Empire focus was exactly what I wanted. I mean, it, it, it's it's dead on to what I was hoping for based on the two episode premiere that, that zeroed in just on Clone Force 99, at least the good guys. And, and like I said, it, it you know, we, we've been seeing this throughout the Bad Batch. We, we, we saw it advanced in its advanced state in Andor. But this episode in particular, Nick, I, I really thought was a perfect, like picture perfect example of how fucked up the Empire is with what they did on Desix. I mean, they, they essentially came to an independent system and said, no, you have to take our control. We don't give a shit about your independence. We don't give a shit about your own governor. We're the empire. We bring peace and order. You are going to do what we tell you to do, or you are going to die. And that's exactly what happened. They, yeah. they, they, she tried to put up a fight and, and, and tried to be like, no, listen, like if you're all about peace and order, then let, let's hash this out because we are a free system. We were never in the Republic. We don't fall under your fucking blanket. Uh, but the Empire is imposing its will across the galaxy on these these separatist worlds or worlds that weren't even on either side in the way they do it and the way the officers think and how entitled they are. I mean, that that scene with with Cody and we'll, we'll go into it more, but, you, you know, you could see Cody's light was starting to switch on really from the moment he talked to Crosshairs. But throughout this mission, as he saw the people on Desix, you know, I like that they put the focus on that mother and daughter when Cody opened their door and they're all freaked out. And Cody's like, hey, 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 we're the good guys. Like Cody's still thinking that. And then they get up and they do have the negotiation with uh, Tawny Ames. And he does. He, he kind of channels his former master and he, he, he even gets crosshair to put his gun down like Cody was making some inroads here. But then once a the guy gets free, he's like, hey, fuck her. You made the deal, not me. Execute. And of course, um, good soldiers follow orders. He can't help himself. Uh, and he ices her. So I, I think the way they use Cody was was perfect. I, I think it showed to us and it answered, I think, some of the questions you and I were asking last week. Like, it, it seems like the commanders are coming around to this shit and, and really starting to feel uneasy about it. We, we heard Rampart in discussions like, oh, yeah, there's been a lot of a walls left and right. We can't really trust you, you, your, your clone loyalty anymore. So it, it's a thing, but I think Cody really, his little speech at the end, I think embodied why the clones were so great and why it's going to be so tragic to see their ultimate extinction. When he says like, listen, man, you know, what's different between us and the droids. We make our own choices, but then we have to live with them. And, and, and you could tell that mission, that was it for Cody. But Cody's words to Crosshair, Nick, I do think while he's still Mr. I'm, I'm, I'm the Empire guy, I, I think they carried more weight than maybe even hearing his brothers at the end of season one. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so as well. I mean, Cody, while he may not have worked directly with Cody in the past, like Crosshair had... He, he clearly respects him yeah, exactly. big time has great respect for him, was excited to work with him so much so that like at the end when he gets a reassignment order to not work under Cody, and he's like, well, why am I not working under Cody anymore? Like literally says Cody and then has to tell Rampart like, oh, CC 222. Yeah, CC blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, right. Um, it, it like 
then I think at that moment was the realization. Like he, Cody's gone a wall. He just gave me the speech right like the day before. Like maybe there is something here that I really need to be reconsidering because I think that even like like you said, even at the end of season one, like he kind of got like a little sting from like Clone Force ninety nine kind of doing their own thing and 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 separating themselves from the Empire. But now it's a it, it's definitely more real. Like this was Cody wasn't like clone force 99 Cody wasn't right. like a fucked up clone. Cody was he followed also, order 66. Yeah. He was in the empire. I mean, exactly. he was doing it. And, and to see him one, to see what went down on Desix, And then two, to see Cody immediately after that go a wall. I think that now things are starting to, to, you know, ring in, in Crosshair's head a little bit. Like well, it, it just, I, I, I like the way they presented Crosshair in episode two. Yeah. It, it, everything was, was alone. I mean, his bedroom looks like a fucking prison cell. No, none of the regs want to be around him. They don't want to eat with him. Rampart calls him every time he's getting ready to eat. Like it just, he seems to be in perpetual misery because of his self-induced solitary confinement, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other thing before we get in the top moments, um, there, there was some buzz on the internet. Was Rampart lying to uh, Crosshair about Cody? I, I, I absolutely think not. Uh, Cody is not a character that they would kill off screen and have Rampart lie about. Uh, Cody is going to have to have some form of resolution. He's, he's, a, he's one of the more iconic clones. Uh, he's up there with, with the Rexes of the world. Uh, right there with Rex, really, if you think about it. Rex was Anakin's. Cody was was Obi Wan, so I mean they 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 go hand in hand. So his fate, his ultimate fate, is going to have to be addressed on screen. You're not going to have a Cody. Um, yeah, Cody was 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 killed, but Rampart's a wall, and they're just going to tell us that. There's no way. Yeah. Cody is totally okay. I think he really did go a wall, and and his fate will be resolved on screen. Just just trust me on that. Yeah, no, I, they're, they're not they're not going to let that character go and, and the juice behind that character and just write him off. Oh yeah, he's a wall, but we we just iced him. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. If they killed Cody off screen, there there's no <laughs> like there is no the way the, the trolls and normal fans would riot. Like it just it, you can't. Now that you have the opportunity, because I think fans moved on from the clones. Like, all right, whatever, the clones, they had their time. But now, now that we have this revital, revitalization of, of prequel era content and, and a bit beyond, you, you just, you couldn't do it. I mean, Cody is going to have to, his, his end, his fate is going to have to be on screen. Yeah, I just, saw a lot people of... People would go nuts. I saw a lot of people now kind of hearkening back to the... Uh, the Obi-Wan series and they were saying like, Oh man, like now with this revelation of what has happened with Cody and knowing that there was potentially uh, in the Obi-Wan series, like having like, there was the potential yeah. to have Cody in there and, and working with Obi-Wan. They were like, man, that would have worked so well now that we know he's gone a wall. And then if you would have had the Obi-Wan series, have him in it. I will say that it would have been a bit of a spoiler in terms of like, you know, like if he's working with Cody and Obi-Wan, then you come to Bad Batch and you have this episode. You already know as soon as you see Cody that like, oh, well, of course he goes AWOL. Now it, you know, gives it a little bit more like there's a little bit more pop to that in the Bad Batch that like, oh, shit, like he actually did go AWOL. And then now maybe. Yeah, in season yeah it's like, two, what's he doing? Yeah. Like maybe in season two right. of 
of Kenobi, if there is a season two of Kenobi, clears it up a little bit more and we can say like, okay, like now that we've seen him go AWOL officially, um, we can now. Yeah, can I mean, that's what, what Nick's talking about, because I'm sure not all of you are dorks like us and remember <laughs> things that never happened. But the, the original version of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series had Cody in it as his uh, more or less secret protector. Uh, it, there was going to be an opening scene where we as the audience are, are made to, to think that that uh, Cody is is bad and stalking Obi-Wan on Tatooine and he actually like pulls a knife to his throat. But the but the surprise is going to be like, damn it, General, you can't be walking around here like this. Look how easy it was for me to get you and almost kill you. So it, it was almost going to be like a buddy show where they were both going to be miserable because they're living in a cave on Tatooine, but they had each other in their shared past experiences to, to kind of, to kind of get them through. So what Nick is saying is if they do pursue a thread like that in a supposed second season of Kenobi, which isn't official, it's just fans speculating at this point, Keno- uh, um, Cody is, is more than able to do that, even with what is going on in Bad Batch right now. So uh, they they did at least leave that door open if they pursue it. I, I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't think Kenobi's going to get another season. I just, I don't know. But you never know. It it, it got a lot of hype I going. Mean, I don't know like, if it generated money. Who the fuck at, knows? At the so. time, that was the most viewed Star Wars series, like, opener ever. Like, I think that, yep. that had beat Mandalorian season one and two. And in terms of just, like, overall viewership, pretty sure that Kenobi still outperformed Andor. I know that like, you know, if you're looking at like reviews, critical reviews and, and fan reviews and stuff like that, that Andor is, is, is higher, but technically uh, Kenobi beat it in terms of viewership. So, and, and you know, what it comes that down makes to. sense. I, I could see Andor having better critical scores than Kenobi, but Kenobi having the more eyes and hours yeah. logged. So, and I mean, when it comes down to it, like, yeah, you love to have critical success and cr- highly critically rated things. But, uh, you know, having a, a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes does not bring in the dollar dollar bills, y'all. You know, it's all about. No, that, all that's about what that. I mean. It's like so. and you read you read anything about Disney brass these days. I mean, they're they're firing executives left and right. And they think it's all around Disney Plus. Is Disney Plus even going to exist? I don't, I don't know how. They, I mean, it's it's they, they kill that platform, but it the, the, their financials are pretty yeah. jacked. There, there's no way they're going to kill Disney Plus. What they have to find out is profitability margins. Like what what do we have to make per user or like how long do we have to keep one user subscribed for X amount of months for it to be in the profitable range instead of it being like, okay, well, like some Star Wars fans do. Like, you know, I remember when Disney Plus first came out, Greg, one of our longtime listeners and friends was like, okay, well, now that Mandalorian season one is finished, I am unsubscribing and I'll resubscribe when the next Star Wars show comes out. (laughs) What they need to figure out is, how do you how do you get people to stay subscribed and not drop your sub when yeah d- dickheads like me like that that's what they want they want rubes like me actually you are the problem because you bought that huge ass bundle that basically well got, it's it's already out yeah. it's already gone <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean three years have already passed my friends okay. so I'm, I'm like the rest of you I'm I'm paying. But I did lock in at the old at the old price yeah. last year. We we actually did this on the show, saying essentially, "Hey, you, you go in and, and re up, even if you've just re up, because you can you can lock in at the seventy nine ninety nine versus the new one ten or whatever it is." But 
yeah, I am. I'm I'm the reason why Disney Plus blows and it, and its <laughs> its content is yeah. middling like because they, I just keep paying. They, it don't matter. They made um they made a, a grievous error, and I know why they did it because they're like we have to get as many people on here as possible. But like they made a grievous. They were error. scared of Netflix, man. Netflix yeah. was a beast, and I think yeah, you're right. I mean, Disney essentially sold themselves out for no reason. They and that's how dumb they are. They had fucking Star Wars and Marvel. They, they took Netflix's heart out with the Marvel content and they still didn't believe in their brands enough to just like, no, pay us a normal fucking fee for streaming. Yeah. So you're, you're exactly right. They, 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 they fucking mortgaged the farm to launch this thing when they, they were launching with a goddamn Star Wars show. Like, why, why do you need to give shit away when you're launching with some of the biggest pop culture shit out there? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, fire them all. We'll see. I mean, Bob Iger's back in, and he's he's figuring out how to get things profitable again. I mean, that's the biggest uh, the biggest concern for for Star Wars right now is like, uh, not well, not even just for Star Wars, but for Marvel too. Is like, uh, let's get Disney back to profitability, and then once that is happening, then things will start to you know move forward in a positive direction, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with I'm with toy visuals here. I, I, I would take another season of Kenobi, but I want them to up the production value. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy um, to take another season of Kenobi as yeah. well. I mean, we'll see what happens with the, the volume, because obviously I think the volume was the immediate response to COVID. They're like, OK, so how do we make these? You know, usually productions are huge. They involve hundreds if not you know multi hundreds of people not quite thousands but like you could have you know a hundred people on a set at one time when you have covid going on obviously there yeah. were a lot of restrictions and things that could Kenobi for sure yeah because if you look i mean i'm, I'm eventually going to go and, and re-watch to prepare for march 1st but if you go back and watch mando s1 and 2 use a lot of volume but it's it wasn't as glaringly noticeable as the kenobi production yeah. for whatever reason but i i do think you're on to something because kenobi would have shot peak covid where mando s1 no covid mando s2 like very 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 tail end right before you know the world ended type of shit so i do i do think you yeah. you have a valid theory on kenobi's less than ideal use of the volume yeah and i think that like and this is just my thoughts. Like one of the reasons why Kenobi looked worse in the volume than, than Mando did is because when you're in the volume with Mando, like what scenes were you showing? Like think specifically like Mando season one, like you're showing a the, shitload the, of sand like and opening, sky. Yeah. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and um, snow. Yeah. Because like, the, like the opening shot, like that was all yeah. volume. But then like when you get into Kenobi, you have cityscapes, you have, multi-layered sets that you're building in the volume like with volume technology like that's gonna show a little bit harder um or a little bit less clear than like here's a wide open sky that's just blue and here's some fucking sand that you know or here's a shitload of snow like um like environmental differences in terms of how like where a lot of the show was shot especially uh, once Kenobi got onto uh, like that city planet and stuff, th that's going to show a lot worse. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with Kenobi. Uh, I hope there's a season two because I, I, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed seeing those characters again. 
Uh, but we'll see how things. Connor Connor Tierney in the chat's telling me my my theory on Mando is stupid. He has already tested it out and it's wrong. Uh, apparently, if you go back and rewatch Mando now, the the volume use is even more glaring than Kenobi. So, <laughs> like I said, I, I'm planning a rewatch because I'm one of these people. I I, I want to watch seasons one and two, leading right into season three debuting on March first. So, I'll let you know. I will let you know. Hey, yeah, I, I do want to like why do we, not that this is is anything special in in real life, but we do have over twenty concurrent viewers right now and almost a hundred <laughs> views already, which never happens. So. Like what? What did I do wrong today to bring people in? You know what I mean? Like it just that—that's what you got to figure out because it's usually not what we did right; it's what we did wrong. People did are we say something. Maybe people I mean, are um, <laughs> super interested in this most recent uh, Bad Batch episode. Who knows? <laughs> I know. Well, I guess we guess we need to get back to it as we were on a little tangent. Yeah. So you know, uh, clearly both of us young dudes, big fans of the solitary clone. I, I really do think it was one of the best. And I don't know what that says about me and the fact that I love everything dark and Imperial versus light and good guys. That, that's really how it's always been with me in star Wars. I always wanted the good guys to win, but I always liked the bad guys better. If that makes any sense. Ah, it's the shirt, Matt. That's right. I got the old classic star Wars celebration, 2017 Orlando shirt on. See it, everybody. The TLJ celebration, everyone's favorite until they watch TLJ and then they thought Star Wars was over. <laughs> hey, man, Ryan Johnson's a fucking pimp. I don't care what anyone says. Glass Onion was fantastic. Still have to watch Absolutely that. Absolutely well. <laughs> fantastic. It's just, it's just good shit. And it's like the guy makes it all up. That's the best part. Like the guy does have some talent. You all keep your, your TLJ opinions to yourself. We don't give a shit. <laughs> all right. Is this not the Hot Toys Anonymous meeting? It, it's turning into that. Uh, we've we've convinced uh, a few of you. I mean, really, the Godfather is Trevor. I mean, he, I mean his fucking handles one six shooter. So he he started all this. It's like a Ponzi scheme, a pyramid scheme of hey, look how cool these things are. You should get them. And then it, it starts. It turns into a nightmare. I did pre-order my Kenobi. <laughs> passed on the battle droid though. All right. Let's get down to the top moments from Solitary Clone. There was, I think, four or five of them. Yeah, five it looks like. And really, Nick, the, the, the first one I had here, and, and maybe we can, we can spin our, our speculation wheels on it a little bit, but I, I really like this, the, the opening with Crosshair shown as solitude uh, or solitary confinement, more or less, but more importantly, learning that the Empire left him stranded on that platform on Camino for 32 days yeah i mean that <laughs> is like... and they were just like just please die like just please don't survive man that is yeah, that is crazy brutal. so i guess the question i want to ask you because we i brought it up last week is like you know it, it's odd that rampart thought clone force 99 was dead considering they picked up crosshair and, and he probably let them know that they were gone or we thought maybe crosshair lied but with this information in tow 32 days stranded with nothing. He was, when they picked him up, he was probably fucking delirious in like in another, in like the twilight zone. I mean, Rampart even said it's been months since he was even cleared for active duty. So Crosshair for this was probably pretty fucked up physically and mentally when the empire finally circled back and picked his dead ass up. So there may never have even been a conversation or or the empire whoever debriefed crosshair is like 
whatever this guy's saying, we we can't really take it for verbatim because he's delirious yeah, he's, right now. His head is jacked. So yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see some sort of like time lapse or something like that of of Crosshair just like surviving on that platform for that long. But um, that that's hardcore. Cause I mean, if you remember, it was literally a landing platform in the middle of the ocean. That's it. Yeah, there was there was like nothing. Like what? How do he? Would he eat? Would he drink? I mean, come on. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's pretty insane that they they screwed him over that hard like they were like they essentially but look <laughs> he still comes back right nick and he eats it all i yeah. mean they, they don't let they don't let him eat but he eats all their shit especially ramparts i mean as you said he seems to be rampart seems to be enjoying uh toying with crosshair at this point it, it, it's like rampart has a he has a hard on for clones in general like he just fucking hates them and and wants anything more than to catch them doing bad shit so he can have an excuse to essentially murder a free military force. And, you know, let's be real. I think that's the only reason they're still around. They're they're already paid for and they're essentially Mandalorian caliber warriors. So, yeah, they're let, like, let's use them for as long as we can before we can't. Yes, exactly. I mean, I th- I think that that was one thing where I was like, it was always weird to me where people were like, well, why don't they just like mass kill all of these clones? Like to me, it was like, why would you not just use them until they're all dead? Like, you're not going to just kill all of them. Like, you're not just going to like put them all in a, in like a room and then, you know, crush them or something like that. These are like resources that you could use until you just can't use them anymore. So I don't, and, and yeah. that's the key word they're, to the empire, dude, they're, they're resources, they're yeah. assets. They're not living things, even, even less than they were under the Republic. I mean, under Republic, they almost felt human. They were, they were allowed to have names and, and colors and armor trinkets and designs on their faces and hair. Now they, they really are. I mean, they are lower than low. They, they're essentially droids that are organic. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I I the, the whole clone thing is very interesting because you are right. I mean, the the empire is gonna just gr- ground them into the dirt. But with what we're seeing with the with the with the CC ranks, the commanders, they're 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 getting wise to what's going on, and yeah. and, and really their training and, and and their experiences are why they aren't cool with this. It, it has nothing to do with chips. They're like, this is fucked up. Like this is just wrong. Like, yeah. This is not right. I mean, they were so, they were trained to basically say like, "Hey, this is like we are given the opportunity to negotiate. Like, if somebody surrenders, then we accept their surrender." And now, like, it's it's literally just like everything that you were taught to do prior is yeah, no longer in they're, play. They're occupying worlds. They're they're yeah. becoming occupational forces instead of actual combat forces. And I don't know. I, I still think that the, the Empire is going to have to do something at scale with the clones, mostly because of the way they're starting to, as Rampart says, their loyalty isn't as advertised. And, and I think we talked about this last week, but the Empire is not going to want. How, I, who knows how many are left? I, I probably at least a, a couple hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand mandalorian clones out there running free like it's just so i do think nick they may 
wherever that I know that that their facility is right there on Coruscant, but maybe they just fucking gas them all out at one point in time. Maybe, yeah. I I really do think the Empire is going to do something drastic with with the clones at large, uh, because we don't see them after a a certain period of time, and and for what all we know, it's only Rex, Wolf, and Gregor that make it into the, the Skywalker saga. You know, yeah, the original timeline. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, like I said, the, the Empire, they don't fuck around. And if you've got a more or less a, a, a an army of Mandalorians in white armor, you're, you're not going to and they're not working for you anymore. You're, you're probably not going to want them in your backyard. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if things really start to if, if like in mass like these desertions continue or if like there continue to be especially commanders that are like disobeying orders and it's it's almost yeah something well, yeah like well, like what kingdom's saying here it might not be like full-on nazi stuff but you know what if they just use their chips as a fail-safe yeah yeah you I know, mean, like beep all right beep kill signal and literally it's a kill signal like the chip just short circuits in their head and they're all they're all toast yeah although i i, I still think crosshair's chip is gone because of his injury from season one like that i don't know if they ever officially confirmed that but you would think catching a a blowtorch to the head might have impacted yeah, might some have of the circuits in there. That thing out. <laughs> Lots of people in the chat digging it. Keep it going. Yeah, like our like our warriors are saying, hit the like, leave a comment, do what you got to do. We appreciate you. All right, so second top moment here from the solitary clone. A, a great moment here. And and Nick, what's the did did you consider this wall of names? Is it is that more or less like the the clone version of the Vietnam, uh, Vietnam War, Vet Memorial? Yeah, that's what I took it as as well. It's like this is the clone version of of, of that memorial that we have here in the states. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I just I mean a I liked the scene because it was the reintroduction of Cody, but <laughs> I I liked what they were how they were talking to each other almost like feeling each other out in the in the new empire you know cody like hey man what do you what are you thinking of this empire and he's like hey yeah and, and cody's like yeah you know i've heard you know some clones making their own choices and blah 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 and yeah 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 you could almost get the sense that cody was uneasy what? even before the mission yeah. about the empire like, right already like the seeds had been planted of him starting to distance himself from this and then once y- yeah yeah once everything so, went down he was like yeah I'm, I'm out it's it's like i don't know if he would have left if everything would have gone the way that he was trying to make it go with like you know tommy ames yeah, he stays he stays yeah, yeah. If, if 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 they keep her surrendered and and the governor doesn't order her execution cody remains yeah i i think so although you know again you you don't know now because of of how it played out but if you if you look at cody after the execution the dude is downtrodden like he's you could almost see through cody that he's realizing that his clones and him are being replaced by the tks because they come in in mass they're coming in and the clones are leaving and you can just see cody kind of taking all this in and, and, and seeing the occupational forces coming in on desix and everything is coming to a head and he's like i i the writing's on the wall us clones we're 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 dog shit to the empire like they just send us in to do the missions you're probably gonna die in then they bring in these tk jokers that fucking shit that went down up there with the governor that that didn't sit well with me so 
Yeah, but this was just the first time they connected. I I, I liked, you know, kind of checking back in at that cloned facility there. But it was it was cool seeing this wall and that they they at least recognize their their fallen brothers, which, you know, I'm sure the Empire isn't a huge fan of. Uh, Next top moment, he you know, his his uh, thinking is off. There's no doubt about that. But but Crosshair has to be the most skilled clone out there. And that was on display with his first his tank kill where he literally lobs a shot right down the tank's uh, barrel and blows it up. But then, in kind of a callback to the first time we saw Crosshair and Clone Force 99, the Clone Wars final season, he brought out his reflecting pucks again, and you got a pretty snazzy kill with Cody's help uh, on the tactical droid. So, uh, like I said, he he might be a little creepy. He doesn't get to eat a lot, so he's always angry. <laughs> But Crosshair, his skill set is is unparalleled in the clone ranks. I know you Republic Commando, you know, stands out there, but oh, they're they're better. Scorch is better, but fuck, man, Crosshair, he's a talented pretty, lad. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cro- Crosshair just has such a special skill set. The one thing that I did think was funny is that, like, um, <laughs> like with the tank kill. Like, I know that we've seen stuff like that in, like, you know, war movies, but, like, would that really work considering that that tank just fires a big-ass laser? Like, it's not like you're shooting in the barrel and then hitting a loaded piece of ammunition. Like, those tanks just fire lasers. Yeah, so I don't know I, what I mean, would explode. <laughs> right, that, that, that is a good topic for things that aren't real, but let's yeah. make them real. So, yeah, I mean, I so guess... Funny. I guess, Nick, the, the counter to that would be since there isn't a physical projectile in the barrel, that's what allowed his laser to go all the way through into the cockpit, and then it exploded the tank after it hit some circuits in the cockpit. There maybe you go. so, yeah, like, maybe that works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the next moment, and we talked about a little bit, but first and foremost, I do think uh, General Kenobi would have been very proud of Cody the negotiator here, yes, right? We all yes. know that... That Kenobi was known as the negotiator. His his uh, starship was called the negotiator during the Clone Wars. So I, I really I don't think this was on accident that we had an extended negotiation scene between Cody and Tani Ames. And and really the best part about this scene is kind of Tani in a roundabout way getting Cody to realize that yeah the empire's fucked up dude you're on the wrong side and you know i i think Cody does realize that ultimately especially after they they execute like yeah i am i'm on the bad team now but but the whole negotiation and and really when Tani's like listen we tried for peace that's bullshit you know with Mina Bonteri we 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 uh, we sued for peace but Dooku and Palpatine blew it up and she's like, that's when I knew there was no peace. And you could see that's when Cody's like, fuck, she's right. <laughs> we're, we're a bunch of jerk offs. So he's like, I'm getting conned by these assholes. The Empire, they are the bad guys. Uh, but it, 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 as a fan, I like, I like watching characters learn lessons. And, and that's really what this scene did for me. It, it really brought the gravity of the Empire's atrocities down on, down on Cody hard. At least that's how I, I kind of processed the whole uh, ordeal yeah no i mean I, th- that like there was 
that that was like the turning point in terms of I mean, I think for Crosshair as well, like this is going to be the start of a turning point for him, that conversation with Ames, because I mean, it's a separatist world. It's out. Like she said, like we're outside, like this isn't a Republic world that you're that now should fall under the Empire's jurisdiction. Like we're outside of the we were outside of the Republic. We're outside of the Empire. We're a separatist world. We have, you know, our like we should have our independence and like. I think that even for Crosshair, that's kind of like, well, this makes sense when it comes down to like, uh, you know, like the general like political structure of how things should work. And it also now just shows you straight up like I think these people just don't care. Like, I think that like these people and like just don't really like it's not it's not about like taking or like asserting control over what should be yours now it's about just asserting control over everything um yeah yeah because i mean crosshair did yield yeah crosshair got i mean cody got crosshair to put his gun down he was not going to mow her down until a higher ranked officer came in and gave a direct order And, and we all know crosshair can't fucking help himself it's almost like he he, he kind of gets off on following orders that he knows aren't the best. Yeah, <laughs> I man. really do. Like, I, I think there's a part of him that he, he, he likes doing this shit. But I also think this is why when we get to my next top moment, that, that Cody's words mean something to Crosshair. And, and I think Cody was 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 given that speech about choices to himself but i think he was really delivering that speech to crosshair that was like his his roundabout way of saying hey pal listen like we're we're different than those fucking droids we can make our own choices and and you you better think about your choices because the choices we make we have to live with it's not just code that gets looped out in the next fucking yeah uh, you know processing processing of the or compiling of the code uh, so so while Cody was more or less announcing across there, like I, I, that was it, I'm done. But he was telling him like, hey, pal, you should consider this, this shit, as well. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this shit ain't good for you. What you just did there was fucking wrong. I know why you did it. You had to do it because you can't help yourself. But just remember, we, we live with this type of stuff. And, and let's be real. If, if you look at how crosshair his body posture is in any scene. The dude is living with the pain of his choices. Yeah, absolutely. He is 100% miserable. Uh, he has he has no one. He truly is the solitary clone because of his choices. So, very sage advice as as Cody left Crosshair and as we learned went a wall. Yeah. They end up on uh, Tatooine, who knows. There you go, hanging out in caves, yeah. being all sad. He, he can be sad with, with Kenobi. Kenobi. They can yeah, be sad they can together. Be sad together. Yeah, perfect. Master, reach out. Master, hear me. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Looks like I included a bunch of other random screenshots because why not? It's a great looking animated Star Wars episode. So take in all the thoughts you got. There he is, Crosshair walking out all by himself. No one loves him. Poor little Crosshair. <laughs> all right. So uh, to wrap up our deep dive breakdown of Bad Batch season three or season two, episode three, the solitary clone, we've got a real brief look at some Clone Wars references because Nick, this this episode had zero Easter eggs. If you go by the definition of an Easter egg, 
Uh, all right. So we, we did have some Clone Wars series references. I didn't want anyone yelling at me like, hey, these aren't technically Easter eggs, you asshole. I was like, all right, sorry. Sorry. I didn't know we cared so much about semantics. But uh, there was some nice uh, TCW callbacks in here. Uh, but first, some new characters. So uh, Governor Groton was new. I checked that up. He did not exist. Tawny Ames was new. Desix was a new planet. And Wyler and Nova were new clones as well, just in case people were wondering. All right. So our Clone Wars references, you know, last week we got uh, B1s and the AATs, their tanks. This week we, we got kind of rounded out the Separatist droid army forces. We got the tactical droid. Okay. That's, that's always good. We got the commando droids. All right. Those, those gave the clones a little bit of trouble. And it looks like I forgot to screenshot. But we also had droidicas. No one can kill droidicas. <laughs> was that Do- Doty Fine or whatever his name was? One of the Nemoidians? Yes, one of the Nemoidians. So, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it for your, uh, nah, uh, the big one, the, the cool lore one, if you're paying attention was the mention of, uh, Mina Bonteri by Tani Ames. And if you go back and, and look it up, or if you watch my short, which I'd love you to check out, I actually have some new comic book breakdowns on our YouTube shorts playlist, Star Wars 30 and Darth Vader 30. Check it out. Our boys and girls are in this no space thing. Could it be tied to Ahsoka's no space? I don't know. You got to check out the shorts. But Nick, Mina Bonteri was the mentor of one Padme Amidala in the Republic Senate. Okay. Once the Clone Wars began, she left the Republic Senate and joined the Senate of the CIS. It was Mina and Padme in a Clone Wars episode, I believe in season four or five, that tried to broker a deal for peace that ultimately got blowed up and got Mina killed and all this, all this fun stuff. So uh, Mina was just a casual reference by Tani in this episode, but she actually had screen time in the Clone Wars, has connection to the Skywalker adjacent characters in, in, in Padme and her son, I believe was a love interest of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars Lux. So uh, some cool connections there, but really uh, zero Easter eggs and no cameos of note. So we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully it's light because I'm back to work and, you know, one video is better than two, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Okay. So it's t- it's time to have a little fun with The Mandalorian. Okay. Those of you that were stayed up late last night thinking that the SWTS was going to do a trailer breakdown for the NFL playoff Mando S3 trailer that dropped Monday when old old man Tom Brady got his ass kicked by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, alas, he didn't get it. And that's because it, it aired late and I knew I had some shit to do this morning and, and we had a show. We're going to do a live show, so why not break it down live? I'm sorry for those <laughs> that were looking for the breakdown, at least the three of you, maybe next time, but who knows? I, I honestly have not had a chance to do a lot of trailer breakdowns really since prior to Kenobi because of the leg and all the shit that did over the summer and I'm just a failure. But anyways, we're here. We're going to break down this new trailer. It was short. But it had some uh, thought-provoking imagery, scenes in it, if you will. So here we go. We've got our screenshots to go through. Nick and I are going to put on our speculator hats on. 
and we're going to drop some knowledge on some people. Cause I, I've read a few other breakdowns and they're fucking terrible. Like I, I, and again, it drives me nuts because they're from popular sites that get screeners and tons of traffic. And it's like, what do, do people just like shitty takes? Like <laughs> I'm talking just wrong takes. We, we, we specialize in shitty takes like that. I, I'm proud of shitty takes, Nick. I'm talking like just completely wrong. Like it, not even speculation wrong, just wrong, like wrong character names, wrong location names. But OK, eat it up, people. <laughs> if you don't want it from the experts. I get it. But here we go. Uh, I do do have some general observations and speculations. I guess we'll touch on those if we don't already touch on them in the breakdown. But uh, to start things off, you know, we, we hear our man Din. Let me get the quotes, Nick, because I did write them down. I know you like the quotes. So the trailer starts, right? We, we're on like this mountainous planet. Who knows, Nick, if it's Tatooine or, or one of your favorite There's brown planets from Star Wars. Any of the Wars. other sandy planets that are uh, <laughs> right. throughout but the galaxy. It, it, it's, it's definitely going with the brown color palette. But he says, our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? So like we've been saying for shit years now at this point in time, and, and some of this is based on leaks and rumors, but uh, Din is going to become a reluctant leader in season three. Yeah. All right. We, you know, remember we heard he's going to, for whatever reason, going to put a call out and some mandos are going to heed it and, and more or less coalesce around him. So that his words, that speech, that makes sense. Who, who is he talking to? I don't know. Maybe Bo-Katan, maybe the armorer, uh, maybe him and Grogu. I know they still can't really commune. Maybe he's just practicing on Grogu. Yeah, who knows? Just- but looking at a mirror doing this speech to right. himself. <laughs> right. But but Din is Din's clearly starting to think about Mandalorians and their role in the galaxy. Like like what like what why are we here? What do we do? Why do we do what we do? Type of shit. And as he's seeing this, saying this, you you see a bunch of Mandalorians just kind of making they're they're having a little hike. Yeah. All right. And then this next shot, Nick, this is where I need you to kind of chime in and you may have to zoom in on it. So th- it, it's still the same planet, same mountainous landscape, and the same group of Mandalorians. But if you look at it, I'm pretty sure Paz is there to the right. Yeah. I think Bo is leading them all. I think Din is behind Bo to her right. And yeah, uh, that could that could very well be Axe Woves to the the far right in the image. So Yeah, so I, it's it's definitely th- these aren't these aren't groups you see together, right? No. So th- this could be after they have their powwow, their fights or whatever. But you, I do not see Children of the Watch, Bo's faction, Din, and whoever just all kind of hanging out on an adventure like this early on in the season. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you there. So this may be like maybe this is even like them all coming to a get like together to approach. Mandalore for the first time like you said this is probably later in the season I definitely agree that like but but don't you think that that's Paz and Bo and and Din and not just like some of these disparate Mandos that we're going to look at with random armor colors I mean you can see the helmet design of the front character like the like the the tip of the spear character is definitely Bo-Katan-esque I mean it's so hard to tell because it is kind of distant and blurry but I would say that that is Bo-Katan because it's got the night owl like it looks like her night owl helmet to the right I mean you could you could argue it's the armor but dude you 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 see the white paint right there contrasting exactly Exactly. like I don't think that's the armor you would also be able to make out her little like 
spiky things as well. Paz is definitely to the right of the frame, like the right yeah, of the image. This one right here. Din, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. pointing it with a mouse. Din cursor. directly behind to the left. I mean, even to the left of Din, what's interesting is that like this person is wearing like a a like a kilt, almost like Boba. Because Boba wears like he doesn't wear regular pants. He wears like that kind of long kilt skirt. Oh, type yeah, thing. I see what you're saying. Everybody yeah. else, you can see that they're just wearing regular pants. Um, so I wonder if that's Boba. Um, that would be interesting if it was Boba. I mean, it could also just be another Mandalorian character that chooses it, it to whip that like skirt it type thing. Looks a little slim to be our our slightly pudgier Boba, but I, I see what you're saying with the with the flap there. But I don't know, like like Sir Dork and and I I too thought that you know maybe these are those what we're gonna see here in the next few slides maybe these are those Mandalorians but no I, I'm telling you that's Din Bo Paz and at all and the reason that's interesting my friends is because the, these are factions that don't play well at this point in time yeah uh, so what has happened that they're all together seemingly working towards or or, or, or headed towards something as a collective. So I, I found that to be interesting. If you really kind of zoomed in and, and, and paid attention to that, that quick shot there. Um, but like I said, as he's saying this, what are we, what do we stand for? You, you do get shots of these, these other mandos that don't seem to be night owls. All right. They don't, they don't have blue armor. Their armor's crazy. I mean, I mean, some of them have short, short trooper pauldrons on, some have yellow helmets, some have blue, some have maroon. Uh, these to me are, are going to be the ones that, that Din reluctantly leads, not the group walking on the mountains. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. these guys here are definite, like, it, it seems like it's the same planet, but it definitely seems like it's either a different group um, I mean, it's so hard to tell if it's the same planet because there are so many planets that look like this, but it's like, a, it's a different group for sure. I would imagine like this, this may be like a group of his other, like children of the watch, like his other, like bunker family that may come or, earlier. or just, or just Mando's yeah, that random Mandalorians aren't, aren't a part of, of the Kool-Aid or, or Bo-Katan's cause you, you got to imagine they're not the end all be all factions. I don't think it's like. Everyone rallied around Bo as she let their planet fall into Empire hands or everyone went nuts and, and joined the call. There, there's probably, you know, your moderates, your centrists out there that are doing their own thing. So, yeah, like these these multicolored mandos, these are the ones that I could see heeding or, or, or hearing Din's call and coming to at least check it out. Like, all right, what, what is this fucking shiny dude? What, what does he have to sell us here? What's, what's he trying to say? I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck on this group shot because I'm telling you, those are the clones we already know. These are uh, not clones, the, 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 the mandos. mandos we've already met. And the, the fact that you have all those different groups together, it, it speaks volumes to something has happened. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe they're walking to go fight each other and kill each other at some, you know, ritual place on Mandalore, but that doesn't really even look like Mandalore. But who the fuck knows what Mandalore even looks like? Uh, I mean, we don't know. It, it, it essentially got glassed. Who knows what that did to its climate? Who the fuck? Um, but I just, I, I had to zoom in on that. I'm like, listen, that that's Paz Vizsla. And why is Din hanging out with him? Because they're clearly not buddies. Yeah. I mean, he's, Din, Din has been excommunicated and Paz tried to already beat him down and take the Darksaber. So 
they're not going to be playing yet. And, and we know Bo and Din are going to have beef in this season. So, yeah. so it seems that's why like I'm saying, a lot of the beef gets put to the side. So we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. So uh, really, some of these other shots are useless. I, I think it's uh, they're really making a point that Grogu is not going to be staying in his bubble for too long. It, it seems him and Din are going to like to uh, snuggle travel. So some lovely shots there of Din passed out while they're traveling in hyperspace with the little guy. Um, but th- Nick, these shots of, of the city, that's fucking Navarro. So Grief Karga has been doing some work. Yeah. Like, got everything looking real nice. Like, oh, <laughs> fuck, he, he's expanding. I mean, dude, they're, they're, they they built like a, uh, like a whole addition to the city since he's taken over as magistrate. Uh, but this is 100% Navarro unless they relocated the statue of IG-11 to a, a new town, yeah. which I, 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 I highly doubt happened here. Uh, the other thing I want to point out about the, these scenes on Navarro, if we look at the one shot, Nick, look who's traveling behind Din at this point in time. It's our buddy R5. Yes. And a, as we see in this trailer, he does pick up R5 at some point in time. So yeah. gets him in the why ship do you as think well. Right. Why do you think Din, a guy in season one who would have shot droids on the spot, who now has kind of a... You know, he, he, he appreciates droids more after his experience with IG-11. But why now, when for his whole life he's never had a droid companion, why now do you think he is taking R5? You, is it... It's astro-navigation. It's like he needs... I think now, like he said in the beginning of the, of the trailer, like you need... Like not only do you need to know how to fight, you need to know how to make your way through the galaxy... And I think yeah. for a lot of places that he's not familiar with, like you need an astro navigation droid that can like get you there, plot good jumps to get like get you there in efficient time. So I, I think it just may be out of necessity more than anything. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's probably you, you would think Mandalore is probably on the main star charts unless the Empire wiped it out, you know, deleted it like like uh, Dooku did with Kamino. Uh, but maybe it, maybe it's like a, a, another secret planet that he has to visit first. But I, I was I was thinking the same thing, you know, it, it kind of like a B point. It, it, it gives Din a droid companion, which most Star Wars heroes have. It's like you almost have to have one. Right. I mean, every Cal Kestis had one. Luke had one. Anakin had one. Leia had one. Padme had one. They all fucking have droids. Right. So it's a thing. Yeah. So he gets them that. But but yeah, I'm I'm thinking for the. Uh, navigation probably to systems planets that may not just be built into the N1's GPS. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think that like the, the, especially for a starship that small, that was initially designed without hyperspace capability. Like there's only so much that you can do to it, to modify it, to be able to like, to have like a decent astro navigation computer that can like, like know some planetary jumps and stuff like that outside of that, you're going to need a droid that actually does have like, like a bunch of, uh, you know, like the way to calculate, um, like farther jumps, go to planets that you're, you may not be familiar with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so fly through asteroid belts, shit like that. And, And, you know, uh, people in the chat are bringing up some good points. Uh, R5, he is an astromech. He he was supposed to be Luke's droid, so he could also do a little maintenance on the N1, you know? Or did 
patch it up here or there, or, you know, break out his little mechanical arms while they're flying and, and tap into the system. So, yeah, there's a lot of good reasons to have a droid. It's just, you know, we, we remember Mando was very anti-droid because of the nightmares of his past and the droid army killing his mom and dad, yada, yada. But now that he's down with him on these big quests, it, it seems like the, uh, Din is finally going to get his Star Wars droid companion so you can check another box on how to make cool Star Wars characters for Din Djarin here. Uh... I like this, which someone said here. Season six of Mando in Navarro has become Coruscant Beta. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's Kinda. like Grief Karga's got uh, like a fucking uh, planet sized 3D printer. He's just shitting out buildings yeah, every I other know. day. He's like, like it's, boom, it's I need a building over there. I need a building over there. And one here, 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 Navarro. Yeah. Like he I was, mean, he's been he... able to build this up pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, if you think about, it, I mean, Navarro was it looked more bootleg than most Eisley. Yeah, season I was gonna one, say but, it was but, like it was like hut like small huts. It looked a lot like uh, like Tatooine, and now you have like these these big beautiful buildings, yeah. domed tops. I mean, even the streets themselves, you see like cobblestone streets and stuff. Like, oh yeah. Uh, they got their own, they got the town square and that's where IG 11's at standing on a trooper helmet. So that, that's why we know this is, uh, Navarro. All right. So the trailer moves on. Like Nick said, you, you did get some more words from, from our man here being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy that way. You'll never be lost. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, who, who is Din speaking these to? Is it just Grogu? Is it a, another Mandalorian? Is it a, a mentor? Who knows? Uh, but, but clearly, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, these words, Nick, it, it could be reluctant leader Din speaking to these, these people looking to him for wisdom and in, in, in leadership, or it really could be him and Grogu having dad and son talks. Yeah, I mean, I... Like, I do think that the conversation that he's having is likely to some of these, like, disenfranchised Mandalorians because they've spent so much of their time just, like, living in the darkness. Just, I mean, like, just surviving, not even really living. Like, they're just out there, like, they're not showing their face as much as they can. They're they're staying under the radar. And now he's like, "We, we actually need to, like, insert ourselves back into the galaxy for lack of a better way to put it. Like if yeah. we organize and we like come together, we can be a, a force within the galaxy. Like, like we once were again. Um, I doubt that he would be saying this to Grogu. I just don't think that like the, the lines <laughs> that were spoken would, would hold well, when that they're, much when, they're, when they're in hyperspace, they're just sitting there <laughs> like, Hey buddy. Yeah. What do we stand for? Come on, Grogu. What do we stand for? God damn it. What does that shirt mean to you? Uh, yeah. So I, I do think it is probably him trying to, or, or at least practicing his, his leader chops, his, his, uh, football coach motivational speeches, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we know he's going to Mandalore. He, he, that, I mean, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. So, I mean, he, he more than likely is talking to the armor when he says, I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgressions. Like this guy went to more CCD than Nick and I, I mean, the, the, yeah. the cult really, really 
has this dude fucked up in the head. And and I think that's going to get addressed in this season. Cause if you remember really the, the first time Bo-Katan meets him and they realize he is from the children of the watch, he's like, yo, you, you fucking cocksuckers fractured the Mandalorian people. It's, it, it, it's you guys that broke everything. I think even in some of these trailers, she says directly to Din, your people are the reason why we're fractured. So, uh, while Din is going to kind of sanitize himself and get back in, in with the cuckoos, it, it's ultimately going to be kind of sanitizing all Mandalorians and getting their asses kind of back on the same page and, and realizing that their bullshit with each other and between their clans is why they were able to be taken down, their planet robbed, families destroyed by the Empire. And it's because they're, they're petty assholes. Yeah. I think like it's going to be interesting to see exactly how everything kind of comes together because it's surprising to me that there's, that there is even a screenshot that shows or a shot from this trailer that shows like what we essentially assume to be like towards the end of this series, like this season, like it's, I like where we start and where we end is going to have a yeah. huge, <laughs> huge movement in terms of like how, not only how like Din views all of the other Mandalorians out there, but it also has to be how the armorer views all of the other Mandalorians out there for Paz to be a part of that group. Like I, right. it, that, that dude, that's why I'm telling you, man, that, that one shot. And I really do think that's Paz, Bo and Din. Why are they all together? What are they looking for? Because they should not be together. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's an odd, it's an odd collection. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Like does, does Din and do Din and Paz just choose to like go against the armor or is it the armor that's like, maybe we do need to, to finally like group up with everybody else and, and make yeah. our way. <laughs> See, I, I, to me, Nick, I think the scene between him and the armor could be episode one. Because if yeah. you think about it, that's him, you know, to the dummies out there setting the narrative for the season. All right, this is my mission this season to make up for my transgressions. And then from there, we, we run into all the other hijinks that's really going to flesh out the different plot points that season three is going to cover. But uh, knowing what we know and that the bulk of the story is going to be his supposed redemption... And uh, kind of the the coalescing of the Mandalorians around him, it, it it does make sense that that he would go and announce his intentions early in the season, if not episode one. So uh, th- this could be, I mean this could be him coming back from his foray with Boba, helping him out and checking in with Mom in the gold bucket, like, hey, lady, I know you kicked me out and. I really am going to go commit to to do the the the, the challenge or whatever uh, what's it called penance you yeah, you handed out to me go to the so, mines of mandalore yeah i'm i'm, I'm doing it and, and that, that, right and that's where she would be like okay well you gotta watch out for these people and the, you know, remember bo katan i told you about it blah 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 who knows but i i could see mando and the armor having their talk episode one to kind of establish that main narrative of the season uh, we get one of our best shots yet of the bombed out. I forget what the, the building was called on Mandalore, but it was that big ass circle building that we've seen in, in rebels. And we saw it literally one get blown up seven. in the book of Boba Fett. 
Um, so uh, this is when either Din or, or that gauntlet is flying in, kind yeah. of looking down at the shelled out city here. Uh, I want to know how he got Grogu back. Oh. No, I think he's just making fun of people. Oh, there's okay. So we see obviously he's gonna go check in with Pelly. You have to. She's become one of the series' best characters, and uh, you know they're 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 like buds. She's his uh, cue, if you will, for James Bond people. <laughs> I mean, she's maybe uh, a little more direct in in yeah, how she a talks less with sophisticated Mando. Than Q. <laughs> right, but but she that that's kind of where he goes to get his shit. Right, that's where he get get stuff fixed or get new gear. So. And, and that's where he's obviously going to pick up R5 because we know Pelly has had him in her droid crew since season one. All right, Nick, the, the cityscape. Obviously, we're all going to go right to Coruscant. But is there any chance this is Hosnian Prime? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, one, we haven't really had a good look at Hosnian Prime to see. I mean, like we saw it from essentially the, the like, a pulled out view right before it gets exploded in episode. Well, seven. you do. I don't, I don't know if you remember, they do kind of go right in on that one new Republic officer. So you, you, you get to see the cityscape and it does feel very Coruscant, if you will. But I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I, yeah, I don't I mean, know. I mean, it could, it could be, it could, when I did mean, the I, new Republic set up on Hosni? And I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, I'd assume they, they moved in the Coruscant for a little bit. I, and then that, moved, that's a territory. Yeah. I'm, I like I immediately assumed that this was Coruscant, but I mean it could it could be Hosnian Prime. Um I guess it just depends on like at what stage, like kind of what you're saying, like at what stage in development is the new republic in at this time? Has they yeah. have they just like retaken over Coruscant and haven't moved to Hosnian Prime yet? Or is this like after their official like Hosnian Prime is our I mean if you really location. look at this the first shot You can see like a roadway. Yeah, it doesn't seem as skyscraper crowded or even as as skyscraper tall as Coruscant. Yeah, if that makes true. any sense. That's true. There is. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. there. Is more I went there too. Travel for sure. I was like, oh, you know, flying cars, buildings, Coruscant. That's just we're we're conditioned to do that. But if you think about the the, the time when this has taken place, there's there's a chance this could be in the uh, Hosnian Prime system. Yeah, could be. Uh, it could be. But we see the the whole reason we get this shot, Nick, is they they check in on it looks like Pershing is is out and about and he's allowed to freely travel. So uh, I, I guess we have to assume he he could potentially be working for the New Republic at this point in time because I don't think they're just going to let a you know one of these Mount was it Tantis scientists that they've captured working for the Remnant working on Grogu blood to just like oh hey see you later you made bail. We shot your ear off in season two. That that's enough penance. You have fun. Enjoy your freedom. So, do do you think they're? Do you think the New Republic has tapped Pershing to work for them? I mean, potentially. I mean, he's been captured. Unless this is like a like a transfer, like he's being transferred somewhere from where he was prior. Yeah, I guess you could argue he isn't. It does look somewhat prisony ish. Yeah, I mean, garb. It's it's a very simple outfit. It all, but it, it does kind of look like he has some sort of insignia, whether it be a name tag or whether it be yeah. something else. But it doesn't look like. I mean, he's not in his old, uh, you know, like medical, or you know, like you were saying, the 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 Camino and garb. So he's definitely changed out of that. 
I almost wonder if this could be like a prisoner transfer for him to go talk to somebody within the New Republic okay. government. All right. Um, but yeah, it would seem odd, especially a quick turnaround of like, we've just captured this, this clone scientist that was working with nefarious forces to now he's working with us. But then again, that shit happens all the time in government. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you would think Pershing probably really just liked science and, and, and got mixed up, maybe even got abducted and, and forced to do this shit for the empire. Kind of like how they, I mean, that's, that's really what they like to do. Uh, so he, he's probably not going to be like if they captured, well, they did capture Gideon. He, he he's not going to be defiant. Pershing's probably like, sweet, I'm not dead. Those guys were fucking crazy over there. I, I'm good. Whatever you guys want, New Republic, I'm here for you. you. You want me to tell you everything I know? Sure thing. You want me to go do this and talk to that guy? You got it. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. So that th it could be some of that too, where he almost yeah. feels rescued now that he's not working for yeah. the remnant empire. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so we're going to look at my man, my man, captain Carson Tiva here. And, and he gave us a quote and, and I do not think he was delivering this to Din Dejarin. So I want to, I want to know who, who Nick thinks he was talking to. Uh, Cause I don't see Din and, and, and Carson in, in street clothes, just hanging out, talking about, the future of the of the new republic but he says there's something dangerous happening out there and by the time it becomes big enough for you to act it will be too late is he talking to leia i mean or big enough or for new you republic to, leadership i would say big enough for you to act leads me to believe that it is new republic leadership because usually yeah. like especially at like the leadership level of like a a government like you're not seeing all of the small things that are happening like you're not seeing tiny pockets of this or you're not seeing like small happenings of underground resistance cells and stuff like that it's similar to the like what happened with the empire like how the how the rebellion grew out of like small cells and stuff like that and grassroots movements and they just didn't pay any attention to it um so maybe maybe like he has been tracking some like him in uh, uh in Filoni's character, what's his his guy his pilot's name? Wolf, <laughs> Trapper Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> like they've been they've been tracking some like uh. Well, yeah, because I mean they're, they're essentially they were going to be the Rangers of New Republic, and that that's really what what Wolf and Tiva have been doing in the Mandalorian S one and two. They're they're out in the outer rim, just kind of patrolling in their X wings, looking for weird shit. So the weird shit, the dangerous things happening out there. Now, now this is where we're getting very speculative based on some Ahsoka stuff. Uh, do you think he's referring more to this, the, the new beyond and the potential threat of that and maybe not Thrawn by name, but shit in there? Or do you think he's still worried about Gideon in the, in the, with the remnants up to with the, with the science C and Pershing stuff? I don't think that it's going to be, like the the unknown or the great beyond or whatever the fuck they're going to call it yet the I don't think it's going to be the unknown regions yet um okay just because I don't know like I feel like it's especially like these guys like they're more focused on like core like like patrolling the actual like core worlds and and everything that is under like you know kind that was under the purview of the empire at the time so I feel like he's he might be talking more about like you know, 
the Imperial Remnant warlords popping up and stuff like that, and and like people who are kind of, uh, you know, popping up in the outer sections or the outer rim that may be more focused, like like kind of Imperial sympathetics and stuff. Yeah, I just I mean, don't it makes know sense. if like the outer regions would be like what they're particularly investigating. Yeah, it, it makes sense because if you think about it, he was trying to get details on what happened on Navarro in season two when they took down that lab. I mean, he he's like shaking down the Carano and in and, and grief, uh, you know, trying to get uh, I think even Din to open up on on what happened on Navarro. So th- yeah, they they probably I mean the New Republic obviously would have been alerted to that that lab base on Navarro, especially after Din and company blew it the fuck up. So it, it probably is more relegated to the remnant, but you know, there, there's probably going to be some tangential connection to the Ahsoka stuff, the unknown, the big bad, what, what, you know, what's going to be our end game event for this Mando verse. Uh, some good guesses in here from our, our, our chat friends, one six shooter, younger Holdo. I was thinking that uh, Akbar would be a good one. Mon Mothma would be a great one. Uh, we could do Mothma, Akbar, and Holdo. And, and honestly, Nick, now that they've taken the liberties with Luke, voice and likeness, do you think they would potentially hire Leia's daughter and 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 do a, a, a Leia VFX trick on that character? Maybe so. I know, well, one, it would be, it probably couldn't be Billy Lord because Billy Lord was probably still pregnant what? during this time period of her filming. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she, you're right. Yeah, she she. Yeah, because we we know they really don't have to look that alike because some of the Luke doubles that they've been using it's it's more like just his height they need versus his full on appearance. Yeah, I so I, I think that like if they were to do it, it probably wouldn't be her. More more likely because she was pregnant. I think that like, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. it would be a cheap trick too. I, I, I think yeah. Mothma honestly would be a, a, a or, solid. Yeah. Like Mothma, Akbar, and even hold though, like it, like a, like a triumvirate like, like that would be pretty slick. I would, I would dig that. Cause Holdo's actually been popping up in the star Wars comic run more often than not right now. She's actually trapped in no space with Luke Leia and, in Lando at this point in time. So I, I, and you know, we, we got, I know a lot of you hate it, but they are going to start making more and more parallels connections to the sequels. And, and Holdo would be a great kind of bridge for that. So, uh, the other thing of note here, Nick, check out his patch dudes in Rancor squadron. Check that shit out. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. The, the that yellow. Dope. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder Rancor how they squadron. chose if they chose that name themselves, if they were assigned that or like why they would be Rancor Squadron. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's sweet. Though. I, I dig that, that patch, cool. man. I want that. Cool. I want that bomber jacket. Maybe Columbia will do that next year for their, you for know, their every, $500 jacket. drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got my hoodie this year though. I got it at one fifty. It's sweet. All right. Good stuff there. Yeah. So that, I, that was interesting. You know, who's he talking to? And it, it, it has to be new Republic leadership. It just, it wouldn't make sense being anyone else. Um, all right, what else we got here from the chat? Okay, I'm mostly caught up. Okay, uh, then we get more shots of of Din. The, this one, he's in the hall. This is Bo's stronghold. We still don't know if she's holed up on Mandalore itself or an adjacent planet, a moon. 
but he is going to go and, and talk with her at some point. We know that. Uh, they they, they got to hash some shit out. Clearly, these two, probably more on both side, right, Nick, have beef where Din's just like, yo, I, I just fucking showed up, fought some angry asshole that was going to cut up my little buddy with a glowy black sword. I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about with honor this and I'm the leader now. Remember, he's like, here, take it. Yeah, he was trying to give it away. Like, he, it seems like he may not have even known like what the dark saber was. He didn't. That's what I mean. Like Like, the the the, the bunker people didn't teach him that that lesson. I mean, armor gives him the gave him the the fairy tale after the fact once he found it. But until he didn't fucking know, he's just like I said, he's just trying to stay alive. Yeah. So I, I I think that. He like there is going to be a heavy amount of confusion that like uh, that Din needs to work through in the beginning of uh, of this. Yeah, I mean, the, the dude, if you think about it, it, it probably hasn't even been a year. He was just collecting bounty bounty pucks. And then all of a sudden he's now embroiled in the biggest galactic conflict since the fall of Death Star 2. Yeah, it's fucking. Yeah. He's like shit. I should have never taken that goddamn mission. Grief, you son of a bitch, <laughs> motherfucking pucks. All right, uh, moving on. This this dark shot in green, mines of Mandalore, where the living waters may be. We think probably. Yeah, I mean it that, has to remember, be. That's there's, where, there's that's really where he's got to like, go to. There's really like nowhere else that this could sensically or like it would make sense for it to be. Like, I don't know any other like. Wh- like what other underground mine location <laughs> that that he would be in? Uh, so yeah, probably so. And then the next scene, almost like or the next shot, almost confirms that him picking up. This, yeah. So uh, this a lot of people helmet. are like, "Oh, that's that's Tarvizla's helmet," and it's like, "Nah, it, it's just think bombed out helmets I w- from yeah, no. the, the Night of a Thousand Tears." There's no way that like Tarvizla's helmet would just be like sitting like buried like that in the mines like it i don't think yeah, that, it, that it belongs that, in a museum yeah like right? i feel Sorry, like i just that watched would have a been, lot of indiana jones that that would have been like 100 percent recovered by mandalorians of that time and like kept in a safe place or you know buried with with tar or something like that so i gotta i gotta address a comment down here bat is saying there's a theory floating around that mando's fighting the battle of jakku I know the Battle of Jakku was, was years after the fall of the, of the Death Star, but it, it's happened by the Mandoverse timeline. Almost positive. Yeah. Uh, we can look Kingdom Weird, here. are these damaged from the weapon created by Sabine? Uh, Kingdom Weird, it's more than likely from the TIE bombers we saw in the Book of Boba Fett during the Night of a Thousand Tears when they literally blew the living shit out of that domed building. Uh, but yeah, you don't know. I mean, you, you could argue that they did. Uh, did they in Rebels, Nick? Do you remember? Was she able to destroy the weapon ultimately that she created that literally cooks Mandos in their armor? I think she did okay. destroy it because I okay. remember her like going up like the building where it was being housed and like kill it, like taking out whoever was was using it. Right. And then I'm well, pretty, I'm sure, pretty she, sure she maybe kills she her just brother. Say, yeah. Like maybe she just disabled it and she didn't destroy it. I'm not sure. Uh, so either way, though, I mean the, the the blown out landscape is is from hundreds of Thai bombers just dropping their payloads on the night of a thousand tears for sure. 
uh, yeah, the, the, our, our fans, they don't want that to be Tar Vizsla either. I, don't think I, I, I really don't it think is. it is. So the Battle of Jakku happened in 5 ABY, which is okay, so yeah, we're, before we're the Mando timeline yeah. starts. Yeah, about two years before. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I guess it's not so dumb, but maybe we learn here that there were some Mandos fighting for the New Republic at that point in time. That, that you know, I think they, they may eventually have to connect New Republic Mandalorians like us. They'll fight with us. Don't you think a little bit? Or is that are we relying on Din to do all that PR for the New Republic? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that the New Republic would be actively courting Mandalorians, right? Like, I don't know if they I, would. Yeah, no, probably, probably not. And unless there was like this imposing threat that we all think is coming in yeah. the form of more than likely Thrawn and this undead army, but, especially right. considering that like the people that have formed the New Republic are also the people who, like, a lot of the same people who were a part of the old, like, the Grand Republic. So. And and we know that the Grand Republic and the Mandalorians did not have a great relationship or had any relationship at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe it is just kind of like a Din on his own thing. And then also, like, once he works out his, his stuff with, uh, with Bo-Katan, then it's kind of like them two kind of working together. Did this surprise you that they included the Grogu flashback for this season in the trailer or since they already teased it in book of Boba Fett, it's like, all right, well, we already, we yeah. already got that there. We saw him in the temple during order 66. We saw Jedi's falling, protecting him, but they just came straight out. It, it, like the first shot, it's Grogu. You can see the lightsabers in his eyes. So he's clearly behind these four. And if you see there, there's someone coming through the door. And usually when the door is melting, that someone has a, a, lightsaber, a lightsaber typically. Yeah. Uh, I know some people are saying the dude with the long hair could be Sindralig. I do not think so. He wasn't wearing a robe, although I guess you could argue that he throws his robe yeah, off in the middle of combat. Um, but it, it it doesn't look like we're we're definitely getting another Order sixty six flashback. So I guess the only question is, do you think that's Anakin coming through the door or clones? And do you think this will give us the finality? of Grogu's Order 66 ordeal, or do they keep some cards to their chest? I don't think that this is the end of the Order 66 ordeal for, for Grogu. Damn, maybe like, like, well, maybe, maybe it's like the end of like the Order 66 part of it. Okay. But maybe so there's still we, some We flashbacks. could see him get out here. We could see him get out of the temple, or this, this flashback ends with that still unresolved. It could end. I think it could end with with this still unresolved. But I also think that there could be further flashbacks that are just that that like take place, you know, after the initial Order sixty six. Like what was happening to him before he ended up where he ended up where Mando found him. Like you see other locations that he bounced around to. You see him kind of like right. how like. But, but you you think this is going to give us the save and and we may know who saves him at the end of this flashback? Or are they still going to hold on to that? <sighs> Maybe we, I think, I think they'll hold who saves them. Yeah. I think they'll hold who saves them, but I think that there are I, I still like this. other Connor, you can tell he, he's not as brain dead as, as us, or at least me. And he's right. I mean, Anakin clearly is too obvious. So he, yes. he's, he's spinning here 
What if it's a straight up bait and switch and when that door opens, it's fucking Mandalorians coming through? To get him? Maybe not Grogu, but to steal back the Darksaber now that all this turmoil is happening at the Jedi Temple. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that's possible. I guess that's Although, possible. Although, but would the dark where would the dark? I would say be I don't know where the dark. Sa- I, in one, no, like, it's not I, with the. It's not with. Okay, I, I'm, we're good. I was we gonna say like one. I don't think that the dark saber would even be like. And also, there's no way that they would have five Jedi or four Jedi that we can see guarding the dark saber, especially at a moment like this. Like especially, no, they're, they're clearly they're clearly guarding Grogu. I yeah. think Connor was just saying like, what if the Mandos were taking advantage of the situation to come get their relic? But I'm pretty sure. The dark saber is in Maul's possession at yeah, this point I, I in don't, time. I don't think during that they Order sixty six. And then, like, and here's the thing too: if it's Anakin coming through, there's no way that Grogu gets saved. Like, it's not. Exactly. It's not Anakin. <laughs> He's gonna fuck everyone up. Yeah, like Anakin. I mean, just, honestly, th- this could be clones that didn't break breaking through. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this I mean, this could be like people who are like actively also trying to save Grogu. Like that's a possibility too. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, but I, I don't know. Like I said, we, we love, we, we like riffing on your thoughts. We're not making fun of everybody. <laughs> it, it gives us, it gives us stuff to speculate on, but I, I'm with everyone here. I, I, I think Anakin would be way too obvious. Uh, although they probably would have had him filming for when he was doing the Kenobi Order 66 stuff. So it, there, there's definitely a possibility. But I, I am kind of on to the idea that this is going to be a bait and switch and that whatever's coming through the door is actually coming through to help Grogu, not kill. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. Like, it's impossible to tell at this angle. All we see is the door being cut open. And like Jedi ready to guard. But like we were saying, if it's Anakin, then Grogu's just dead and doesn't get out. If it's, <laughs> if it's clones, then you have the possibility that the, the Jedi's protect him. And then they just try to like, essentially since their stronghold has been breached, like their, their fallback point has been breached. They just take him out and they're like, okay, well we have to leave now. There's no way that we can stay here. Um, and then we have to, to just go somewhere else from here. But I don't think like it's a hundred percent, not Anakin. And I also, it's also not Mandalorians. Those are two things that I can almost for sure guarantee. I I mean, as much as this show is about Mandalorians and Din, I think I'm most excited to figure out what the fuck happens here. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't know why. I mean. This is kind of like the biggest question mark. And it's always been the biggest question mark since this series begun is like, how did like, well, one, now that we know who Grogu is and that he was at the Jedi temple, the question is now like, how the fuck did he get out in the midst of order 66 without being killed? Like, yeah, know. props. Props is he's in the chat. Could it be Ahsoka? It, like on, it could be Ahsoka. Leading on as if as if he knows something here, right? It's I mean, definitely he may. a lightsaber. Bat, you're close. Well, hey, how many times I got to say this? If you know something, pass it to the little birdie <laughs> that lands on my shoulder every once in a while and tells me shit that can get us on the map. Okay, clearly with Star Wars fans, you're only cool if you get leaks. So stop it. Stop it, props. Come on. If you know, <laughs> let us know. Send me a goddamn email. 
You know, I was thinking Yoda too, but I don't know. You, you could argue that, that that it's a little too high up in the door for Yoda's short ass to get yeah. in there, and he would have been already during Order sixty six. He's he's not at the temple. He's, he's on the Kashyyyk. Um, if yeah, he, he doesn't he, get to the temple Kashyyyk. until much later when him and Kenobi get right. there. So, right, yeah. But it, it's funny that it, you know once we see shiny swords, we're all like, "Oh, Jedi, every law, Star Wars mysticism, Star Wars magic. Who gives a shit about Mandalorians?" <laughs> oh man, damn you, props. If you know, you better tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka, where was she been? No, she's on the goddamn starship getting shot at by Rex and all the other fucking clones, so it can't be her. Uh, Mace, yeah, Windu. Mace, I mean, technically. He, he would have had to, I mean, he would have literally had to have just picked his, his self himself off the street yeah. <laughs> and then walk over there to go do it. Yeah, I mean, technically it could be Mace. I mean, it could. That's the thing is like, also. I mean, well, props to saying it's a lightsaber. What I was going to say is like it maybe it's not a lightsaber. It's a very strong possibility. Like we've seen doors like this be opened without yeah. lightsabers before. Um, Stormtroopers, they've used that shit where they, you know, they, 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 it's like uh, they take a, a wick almost like a dynamite wick and they light it and it goes all the way around the door and then it opens. Yeah. So we know that that's a possible uh, like way to get in. But props to saying it's a lightsaber. It being a lightsaber puts it in very few people's hands. We already know that it can't be Yoda. We already know that it can't. It's it's not Kenobi either. Like, um, nope. Kenobi's on Utapau. Utapau. Um, mm-hmm. like you said, Ahsoka is is basically on. Mandalore I mean, dude, it's, or it, on the it, light it's either it's either Mace Windu. Or a no-namer, and they're not going to do a no-namer, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, pretty much the, where we're at. Who else the hell could it be? I mean, like... It, or like, a non-Jedi with a lightsaber, with a lightsaber is saber. trying to pry it open. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so hard, too, because like you said, if you look how high up this goes, like, maybe they, like, started from the bottom, and they're, like, bringing their saber up in, like, a wide <laughs> arc. It's so hard to tell, <laughs> but... uh I'd love it. This shit's going to give me like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I mean, thinking th- about there's also like, it's the elimination of a lot of name. Like it's not Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi gets white wiped he on. Uh, yeah. He, my he was Gito. on another planet. Dead. Uh, Ayla secure is on Felucia, you know, uh, like so many of these, of these named Jedi that we see get killed during order 66. Uh, he he just said, there. Matt, you're actually close with that. What did he Props. say? With what? If you got the knowledge, at least send it to, to like DM me or something. Like if, if you're really getting legit leaks and you're not sharing with me, I'm going to have to ban you from the show. Okay? <laughs> I just laid it out there. Let's go. I won't, I won't tell on you. I won't tell on you. Come on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, I, I, I'm wondering if he said I'm close with Windu or close with it's a non Jedi that is using a lightsaber to get it open. So I think it's the latter, which great. I mean, who could that be? A clone. It's yeah. not Rex. It, it. I mean, wouldn't be Cody. He's Rex out is, on deployment. Rex is out. Cody's switched. Uh, at this point, there's almost no clones that would make sense because, like, Rex literally just is is like Rex is with Ahsoka. So yeah, he's shooting at her yeah, until like, she rips the chip out of his yeah, head. So. and there's no other cl- unless this is unless we're right in assuming that it was the Bad Batch who rescued him. 
in the I bad- like this Alejandro guy. He's like, yeah, fifty percent of Padawan. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes or no, yeah. Like your your only other option is that it's the Bad Batch, but we like we saw the like the Bad Batch wasn't on Coruscant during Order sixty six. No, they're they're on another planet. Yeah, they're on another where planet. Caleb Doom was at. So I mean, really, it has to be Mace Windu or no non Jedi with a lightsaber. That's it. That's it. That's and the non Jedi with a lightsaber at. is even harder to peg. Like who, yeah, who, who could it be? <laughs> Like, it, I mean, at this point in time, a non-Jedi with a lightsaber, who would it be? Is it fucking uh, Asajj Ventress? Like, why would Ventress go to save this kid? Though? Right. I don't know. And that's that's why I love the character of Grogu, even though he drives <laughs> so, some people nuts. Like, it. this is the shit. This is so why mysterious. I'm such a Star Wars junkie. It's this fucking <coughs> lore guessing stuff. And it can get us in trouble, right? I mean, this is why the prequels didn't sit well with me because I sat around. I was like, oh, they're going to do this. They got to do that. I'm going to see this, 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 and this. And then when I got it, it didn't hit those points I had in my head where right now we're, we're, we're spinning our own lore and some of it's dumb as fuck. Some of it's very interesting, but that's what's exciting. What are we going to get? Are we going to get the dumbest fuck shit where you're like, oh, no. Or are we going to get the like... Oh, no, you didn't, Mr. Filoni, you son of a bitch. So <laughs> I'm super excited for this scene right here. And hopefully it cuts off right at this moment, like the trailer. And you don't even and you get don't to even see who see it is who until season out. four. You're just like, oh, well, yeah. we'll see. Like on the next episode <laughs> or like on the next time we check in with, you'll find out. Like, yeah, man, it's it's Damn different. It. It's it's a, it's a very there we go. One six shooter. It's Luth and Rael. That's it. I'm going with it. Fuck it. That makes the most sense. A non Jedi with a lightsaber. Let's go. You don't think Luthen's dead by the time? I mean, well, I know. I guess not. no. Yeah, th- this, no is yeah. this is Order sixty six. He's, he's, he's alive yeah. and well. Yeah. I don't know. It could be. Maybe. Look at, look at props. Props dropping a major tease. Props. We're gonna have to do a Patreon for this. He said, "Hit the like and subscribe button to find out next time what yeah. the SWTS." I like your marketing, dude. You got to start letting me know though. This is how I'm gonna build up my TikTok. <laughs> you like all you all the famous kids out there. All right, good shit though. I mean, this I knew this was these scenes would stood out to most fans here because in the end, we love the Mandoverse. But oh boy, do we love our Star Wars magic more than anything else. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. Those lightsabers and the force, that, that's why we keep coming back. Okay. Think new character, old actor. It's okay. the fetus of Luke Skywalker. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Think new character, old actor, potentially say they're close with Mace too. Think new character, old actor. Keep thinking about that, Nick. I'll move us new into the next character, shot. character, old actor that's close new, with Mace Windu. Like that's new character. I don't know. <laughs> Cal Kestis. But we've mm. never seen Cal Kestis interact. Well, no, he was he he was he was somewhere during Order sixty six. He, he was he, he was he was a kid and he was escaping yeah. the temple. Like we walk, you walk through that. In the game, in the first game, like new he has escaped from the temple during Order sixty six. Old actor, new character. Who's a new Star Wars character recently that has a lightsaber and that's not a <laughs> that's not a Fuck. Jedi? It is gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive know. me nuts. Whatever. We'll, we'll, damn you! We damn gotta, you! Props. Damn you to hell. On. We we gotta keep moving on. Okay, so uh, we we got a a little bit of a ship battle in the next few moments in the trailer. And A, I love that they broke out the TIE Interceptors. That's one of my favorite 
TIE variants. Uh, I think they're even cooler looking than Vader's TIE Advance. And B, Nick, this is one of those tricks where they they make you think you're seeing one person flying a ship when they're not really flying that ship because... That's not the N1. That appears to be a Mandalorian gauntlet starfighter. Uh, but if you know what I mean, like in the trailer, they, they cut back and you see Din. It looks like he's in a dogfight, but yeah. you can tell he's in the N1. The gauntlets are a lot bigger a, yeah, than the N1, especially their cockpit. So. Yeah, it's a different starfighter. You also don't see like the little, like even from this angle, you would be able to see where R4 was sitting in the ships and you can't see that here either. Um, yeah, so this is definitely not, uh, it's either think, not the N1 or it's not Mando at all. <laughs> no, I, so props. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is a gauntlet starfighter. That was just kind of the model name for the Mandalorians. Uh, I don't know if it's, if it's Bo-Katan's in particular, but I, I do think it's a gauntlet. Uh, just, you know, kind of based on the aesthetics of the scene, this seems like Nick, it could be on the planet that Bo is holed up on if she's not on Mandalore, or do you think this is something completely different? I mean, I don't know. Everything do seemed kind of gray and drab yeah, in yeah. any of the Bo scenes or when she's in her throne room. I'm trying to like, I don't know. I, I don't think that this is the planet that, that Bo's hold up on. I think that this, it's it's hard to tell because like so I guess I guess the interesting thing then is why is the remnant yeah in a dogfight with a Mandalorian starfighter I mean this could like could this be back on Navarro because this this landscape kind of looks like Navarro um but I guess you would like now with with um what you call it grief kind of being the lead there there's probably less conflict that's happening on Navarro and I guess you've I mean, has the has the Remnant Empire been like officially driven off of Navarro? Do we know that? Like, I don't know if that was ever resolved at the end of season two. Like, we know that that the Remnant had a base on Navarro, and we saw that. I I think I mean I I think we have to just kind of believe that that it, is the case, Nick. Especially okay, so with that, the expansion of the town itself. Yeah, you, you so, would think that they so we're just assuming that they're off. So, I mean, I guess it could be, but it's just hard to. To like make that direct connection. One thing that we do know is that this, like a screenshot a little bit further down, is definitely on Navarro. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. We'll, so maybe we'll get this, there, but I, like, I almost think that this is Navarro. Like, this, this dogfight thing is Navarro because there's some fight happening with Mandos on Navarro and they've made their way all the way to the city center yes, where yes. Din and Grief were meeting. So, do you, do you think this is a, an iconic Mandalorian in this gauntlet that's not Bo-Katan? Maybe so. I mean, we, we do think Sabine could is, make is, an yeah. appearance in season three, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible that she makes an appearance in season three. She definitely pops up in the Ahsoka series. That's that's all but like confirmed at this it, point. And it seems Dave and John, they kind of like the tease characters yeah. in the property and then launch them into their own. Uh, so. Into their next, yeah. So you know, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe this is Sabine showing up on the scene, but you'd also then, have to think, well, wouldn't she be out farting around with Ahsoka? Or maybe she's checking in on this Mandalorian stuff after she heard about the Darksaber reappearing and and this Din guy getting it. You, you would think Sabine might want to check in on that shit considering her clan was pretty high up in Mandalorian society. And at one point she did have the fucking dark saber. 
Yeah. I mean, I would imagine too that like, okay, so let's kind of, I, I, I have to take these two screenshots, the one of the dog fight and the one that's directly below it of the uh, assault on Navarro as, as one cohesive unit. That's how I'm looking at them. Um, this is happening towards the end of the season because we can see Paz up front, but we can also see Axe off to the left. So this is at a point to where... I, I don't know if that's... I think that's just one of those random... Random These look like those random mandos for sure. I know. But, I just see th- this th- guy in like dark blue and I like, I just think Axe. So like, maybe it's not. So this is for sure mandos. They're not invading Navarro because they're already on Navarro or they were. No, already. it looks like it. And, and I, I actually want to spend some time on this because this is like you said, this is the town square. IG 11 statue decimated. Yeah. You have Mandalorians end force here. Paz is here. Are yeah. these all children of the watch or, or is this them after they've realized that, hey, if we work together, we're better. But why are they there? Like what has happened on Navarro since when Mando showed up and was doing, you know, the the Predator five with grief? Yeah. Did the remnant attack or are, are raiders attacking? Did did they attack Navarro because of something the Mando came here for? Uh, and why are the Mandalorians here now either? attacking the city themselves or trying to take it back? I guess that's the first question. Do you think they're attacking Navarro or do you think they're trying to take it back from the force that attacked it? I would say that they're trying to take it back. Like I would say that they're trying to, because man, there's a bunch of hell already gone. Like you can see like everything is fucked up. It it got fucked up. it, it, It went from being pristine, pimped out grief cardboard to, it almost looks like it did in season one. It's all shelled out. Score marks yeah. are everywhere. It, it, all the people are gone. The markets are torn down. Uh, you can see in the second shot where you get the Babu Frickers, the Anzalans or whatever they are. Yeah. One of the people they shoot and kill is a Nikto. So was it gang? Did the, yeah. did the gang come in? Did pirates come in and, and, and cause all this carnage? And then the Mandos are there to help. To help out. I yeah. I, I almost like I do think that the Mandos are the good like side of whatever's happening in this conflict right okay. now. Like they are the ones yeah, who are, it's, you could almost think it's, it's the opposite that they're attacking. This is a friend of, of Din Paz doesn't like Din so on and so forth. But the fact that Paz is with all these other mandos and like you said, it does look like they are, <laughs> they're coming after something tragic has happened. already. Yeah. Yeah. Like some, like this place has already been shelled out. And they're moving into it. You would imagine that like if they were the occupying force, they would be on the other side of the square shooting at whoever's coming into them. So Um, do you think this is the remnant just exacting revenge on Navarro for harboring Mando blowing up the lab in season two? I almost think think so. I Mandalorians. I almost think that it is the remnant that's like bringing down their vengeance on Navarro and specifically on grief since he's like taken over as the new magistrate of Navarro and, right. and, and stuff like that. And then like Din and the boys are like, all right, like we have to go and and defend this. Like we like not only um, is this a place that, you know, one of my friends run like Navarro is a very important place for the empire to not have a stronghold in like for yeah. the Imperial remnant to not have, access to 
Um, so I, I think that's what's happening here. I think the Imperial okay. Remnant is again like is is making a tactical strike against Navarro and and Din and the boys are coming to be like, hey, this isn't gonna be a, a walk in the park for you. Like we're we're gonna So this too this. you're thinking is is deep into the season then. I think so. I think that this is gonna be like more than halfway Past through the halfway this. point, like yeah. like five or six, episode five, six, something like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that that's definitely one angle to take. And and it did seem like they were shooting bad guys, because like I said, you, one dude does the the tow cable and pulls this Nick toe down in, in front of the Babu Frickers. Uh, I know some people in the chat here during these same scenes, Nick, there's a female Mando attacking guy on the ground. A lot of them are like, oh, that could be Sabine. I, I'm with you all. I, I, that's not Sabine at all. I, I while I, I could see Sabine maybe being in that gauntlet we just talked about and Sabine having a cameo in Mando season three, I absolutely don't see her uh, mingling and hanging out with uh, Paz's group at all. Yeah. So I, I, do, I don't think that's Sabine in some of those attack shots. And, and yes, you guys are right. If that's Sabine's gauntlet, it probably would be a little more styled. Maybe it is. Maybe they stripped it using VFX for the trailer. To not give us to not give that secret away, no. Yeah. But I, I like your take on that. Like they're the, the Mandos after kind of coming together are, are coming back to retake Navarro after something tragic goes down. Hopefully our boy Grief makes it makes up. it out. I mean he um, Carl Weathers is one of the directors for season three. Like yes, that that yes. is so like maybe this is. I mean we don't know how and when. But his big going out. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> he goes out. Uh, real quick, some of the ones we skipped over, but I think will be fun. Uh, but the the droid scenes, Nick. I I am I'm, I'm speculating that this is a droid bar, and when Din walks in, they're gonna all turn around and and hopefully say, "We don't serve your kind here." How great would that be, right? <laughs> that would How be great pretty great. Would that, be? that would be. It's like only droids. Uh, yeah, they they yeah, only have bat, oil bats making it. In baths, like hot oil baths. <laughs> Bat's making a point here in the chat. Don't we usually only get first or maybe second episode shots? Yeah, but I mean, we we didn't in Andor. Andor, we had some Wait. deeper episode shots. So you, you just don't know. Uh, but there's there's some classic droids in here. I mean, we got the the B ones. Uh, we got my dude from A New Hope, that creepy looking white droid that was in the sand crawler, like staring at R2 and C3PO. I think his name's like CX7 or something. He's in there. You got Death Star droids. Uh, I- I'm assuming they- they're going to this droid bar to meet with the Babu Fricks to potentially talk about that secret thing we know may happen with Grogu and the chassis of IG 11. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll just leave it at that for this. P- point in time because that that is a pretty big spoiler if it actually comes to be uh but we we've talked about on this show so i'm not going to feel too bad if you yahoos are listening but uh there's there's a leak out there that essentially they're gonna have to use the the chassis of ig11 to help grogu out in battle i'll leave it at that yeah cz1 there we go that's the name of the white guy (laughs) I think I called him CX-7. It's probably a, like a Mazda car model or something like that. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Uh, all right. And then really the, the last shots of note from the trailer are the, the cave shots where you see Grogu uh, defending himself, which I think they're, they, they're, they're going to make a point of this season. Grogu is going beyond the, the cub, and thanks to his stop with Luke, his time away from Dad, he is, he's becoming uh, more able... 
more capable of taking care of himself while dad is out and about or maybe down himself because we saw him kind of coming out of this cave and he Force he chucks this, this monster. monster alien. If you notice, the monster is holding like this green jelly thing. Yeah, I captured in a screenshot. Who knows what the hell that was? Or, um, but yeah, he's throwing himself. So Grogu, no longer uh, the the weak little cub in his pram. It seems like if if he's got to take care of himself, he's gonna bust out the force to its fullest capabilities. Indeed, no longer defenseless Grogu. Sure. Yeah, they're toy visuals. They're going Luthen Rael, Kyber Crystal, shop full of Jedi relics, and the way he was wrecking shop in that fight scene, it's possible. You never know. Hey, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm sure I mean honestly, this this is the last full length trailer you're gonna get. Uh, we're probably gonna start getting peppered with the TV spots coming up uh here over the next few weeks. Cause you you gotta remember we're we're only what? Hell. It's not even eight weeks out at this point. We just got to get through the the not real month of February, and we're there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be here sooner than Coming later. Close. So Coming close. I think we covered everything. Some of my main plot line will be Din regaining his honor by going to Mines of Mandalore. No shit. Subplot will focus on the various Mando factions and getting them to work together after setting some beef. So those would be Bo's faction, the Armor Children of the Watch, and then the Rando Mandos, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Another subplot will be uh, the focus on New Republic and the threats that are emerging via Pershing and Tiva. And a final subplot will shed more light on Grogu's past and his Order 66 escape and growing abilities. Mando goes to a droid bar. All right. Children of the Watch attack what seems to be Navarro. Says it, see, there you go, Nick. I was thinking they were attacking, but I think you are correct. I think they're coming in uh, to free... Mando needs R5 more than likely for space travel. So there you go. Yeah. We're fucking genius as usual. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a rumor. Then we're going to get into our a fan segment for the week. But real quick, this rumor here, I might be able to get through it before I piss my pants. I might not. Uh, so we got a new rumor for the Ahsoka series coming from making Star Wars as Jason Ward. Like I said, the dude's been dropping stuff at least weekly at this point in time. And this one's pretty cool if you're a fan of Rebels and Beasts. Not bestiality, you sicko, <laughs> but just beasts, as in animals. All right, so spoiler, 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 just in case. Spa- spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. All right. So according to Making Star Wars, the Ahsoka series is going to see the first ever live-action version of a loath wolf. Okay, mm-hmm. and to sweeten the deal, Ahsoka is going to use it as her mount. So we're going to see Ahsoka Tano in live action riding a live action Lothwolf in the Ahsoka series. And apparently, Nick, if you're starting to worry about how that may look, uh, it's all it's all practical. So it, it, making Star Wars has heard from his sources that just like the ore packs in the last or the Rise of Skywalker, you know, those horses, like six legged horse things that they're going to kind of do the same thing for the Lothwolf and Ahsoka, where they're going to use a horse for Rosario to ride, but they're just going to dress it up like a Lothwolf. And and apparently the effect works okay. based on on those on set that that saw it. 
Jason said that the wolf is going to be used in, in both casual and action sequences. So you, you could see her riding it in battle or just kind of, you know, riding it around town, I guess. Uh, but it was created using a, a horse for the actor to ride on to make it look more real when they're actually on it and not like our boy Ewan. We have to sit there and essentially yeah. dry hump a, <laughs> like, like a, a, a green, pommel horse. Yeah, just like a green covered <laughs> fucking Yeah, you just sit there like he's, like, yeah, like he's got something up his ass. He's like, oh, yeah, Opie, 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 Opie. Uh, but, I mean, they've done this forever. I mean, they used elephants for Banthas, so th- this isn't a new trick for, for Star Wars. Uh, but apparently there was talk to make it an animatronic like the wolf in NeverEnding Story. That did not happen. They went with horses. Uh, but here, here's kind of the interesting thing, and, and you can kind of spin it the way you want. But MSW is reporting that the wolf was nicknamed Doom, but if you remember Star Wars Rebels, after Kanan passes away, he essentially embodies his Force spirit in a large loaf wolf that yeah. just sits there and goes, Doom, Doom, which is Caleb Doom, Kanan's yeah. true identity, his Jedi form. So, like I said, depending on how you spin it, if this turns out to be true, this loaf wolf is in it, its name is Doom. Kanan is technically going to be in the Ahsoka series. Could be, yeah. If if we go. go that route, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And it would make sense that if Ahsoka knew that one of the Loth Wolves was essentially imbued with the spirit of Kanan, that she would choose that one to to be her traveling companion. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, the Loth Wolves were huge in Rebels, yeah. especially after Kane and Dime, and that I think that's what they lead Ezra to that that buried Jedi temple that has the world between worlds in it. So uh, they they've got ties to world between worlds. They were painted on the Rebels epilogue mural as real big wolves. So, and the fact that this is Dave's series and Dave, Dave's character, and Dave has a huge Woody for wolves. It all makes sense. Uh, so I, wolf, I definitely Loth wolf. Yeah. Wolf, dude, I mean, so the guy many. like Captain Wolf. I mean, that, yeah. Lots of wolves. He, he, he's got a thing for wolves. So, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Not so much like, oh, we got a live action loaf wolf. We, we've had live action loaf cats. It's not that. I, I think to me, Nick, the, the more exciting aspect is the fact that, yes, it, it could very well be that Doom, the Caleb Doom Wolf from Rebels. Yeah, and you yeah. have that that spiritual tie to Kane and Jairus. That is a good call for sure. Good call. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. It's not surprising <clears throat> given the fact that, like, you know, the connection between the Loth Wolves and the World Between Worlds, also the connection between all of that and Ahsoka, so it's not surprising that we would see one of those in there. What I'm curious about is um, <laughs> how does she travel with this thing? Like if she's going between planets, does she just like load the right. wolf up? Is there a stable, the, is there the stable on the, the ghost if they're, if they're using yeah. the ghost? Yeah. I mean, where do, yeah. where do you load it up? Yeah. It's like, okay. uh, or does or, it or just it, travel through the portals? Just be like, hey, no, I'm that, going. That's what they're going to say. Yeah, I'm going here. Like a here. force ghost. He can just show up when needed. Yeah. It's like, I'm going here, so just open a portal to, like, uh, whatever, to Navarro when I pop up over there, and then, well, I'll I'll meet you. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be, uh, it, it, I mean, honestly, it could be something that's only used in an, in an episode or two, yeah. and then they yeah. go on the big adventure. We, we, we still don't really know 
how they're going to tell the Ahsoka story. Is it going to be all through War Between Worlds and you just get anecdotes told through that? Or will the World Between Worlds be a, a tool that sends her on the journey that we see? We, we don't really know. We, we just have some of the the plot beats at this point in time. But it, it, all this makes sense. I mean, Dave Filoni, Ahsoka, and the way she's always been with Beasts. I mean, just look at Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. She saved herself as a baby because she's able to communicate with animals. Exactly. Her tie to uh, the, the owl or what is it? Mori. Yeah, Mori. Mori. I mean, it, she, she definitely has a connection to beasts more so than other force users that we've been presented. Very true. <sighs> the world between wolves. That's right, Trevor. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. it well, it's got to be it because I'm literally going to piss myself. Like I, I've got to pee so bad I can feel it in my eyes. So let's go ahead and transition over to the fan segment this week. I'll get it set up. Nick can start reading stuff and then I can go Painful. let this fire hose <laughs> release its poison. Uh, but every week we do do a fan segment and there, there's two parts to it. First is question of the week, which we post on Star Wars Time Show at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Look in the stories in our profile, leave a comment or leave a DM and it may get featured on an episode of the Star Wars Time Show during the question of the week. And then obviously we have the top five, which we'll be talking about here in a little bit. So let me get the screen switched up for you, Nick. I'll read the question. I'll do my one and then I'll let you start on the next. There we go. We got to push that. No, not that button. Let's push this button. Okay. And then that one. Good. All right. So the question of the week was what was your favorite or least favorite part from bad batch season two episode three the solitary clone okay we had one story reply at the time of going live from our boy rific underscore underscore tan and he had to say a top-notch episode favorite part was the way they brought back the droidica it was like a horror movie main <laughs> characters are defending themselves through a stairwell all goes silent in a familiar but scary sound that our main characters recognize starts echoing about no one knew where it was coming from right away then pow master destroyers all right all good one right. ripic and nick let me get you set up here and then i am going to go Enjoy myself in the bathroom. There we go. All right, go. Got a quick one first. This is from Toy underscore Spectre. Uh, and they say, probably Cody going AWOL off screen. Wish we would. Uh, wish we got more of Imperial Cody before defecting, especially him meeting Rex. So I am just going to throw it out the east. Like, I understand, yeah, a little bit more Imperial Cody would have been good. But I feel like <clears throat> they didn't want to focus too heavily on, like, this this character that is they know is going to be switching over to the good side like doing too many uh you know imperial deeds and stuff like that so i assume that we're going to see more cody in bad batch um so it's not going to be the last time that we see cody and we could also see uh we could also still see a meeting of cody and rex even though i find that to be highly unlikely i i don't think that we're going to get a cody rex meeting just because <clears throat> of one, the fact that Rex has had his chip removed. He's going to have a lot of trust issues with clones that don't have their chip removed. Um, two, Rex is like 
very deep underground working with Ahsoka to try to set up the like the the networks. Hey, dude, of- that was a great point, by the way, because if if you remember from Bad Batch season one, when Rex runs into Clone Force ninety nine, yeah, he essentially pulls his gun. He's like, yeah, you guys, we need to go get your fucking chips out because I don't trust you, motherfucker. Exactly. So like, if 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 Cody's gonna like just walk up to Rex and be like, hey, buddy, I'm I'm back. Like Rex would be like, get the fuck away from me. It, like he would be extremely wary of something like that. So I do expect that we're going to see Cody again in, in Bad Batch season two. But I think that a Rex Cody meeting would be a little hard to pull off, especially considering like what Rex is doing right now. And the fact that like Cody is 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 probably going to be like off the grid for a bit and then trying to reach. I, I assume that we're going to have I- a. Uh, a bad batch Cody meeting, but I don't know about Rex. I mean, it, it could be similar to what happened in season one where I, I don't, I can't remember if Rex gave him the mission, but remember they, they go and rescue, um, Gregor. Yeah. F- from, from that, that facility. So, uh, you, you know, you, you might get Rex like, Hey, uh, since he's been out there doing it, you know, maybe the AWOL clones eventually find their way to Rex and I, you could potentially Rex, sending the bad batch to go and get Cody who's been, you know, captured and potentially going to be brought back to the empire. I don't know, but yeah, I am with you. I don't think we'll do, I don't think we'll see Cody again with Rex. It would either have to be a mission to get Cody from Rex or something down the line. Once we know that Cody has taken care of that shit in his head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no good stuff there from toy specter. Next up is Padfoot816. He says, I like that there is a reason why the Empire was doing away with the clones instead of just financial problems. Also, it sheds some light on how fiercely loyal Crosshair is and how he's losing everyone and feels betrayed. Man, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Crosshair's loyalty to the Empire is something that, like, I still have questions about it. Why is he so loyal, especially after seeing... Not only his brothers from Clone Force 99 uh, defect, but also now, I mean, well, now we're starting to see a little bit more doubt creep in. But like after seeing Cody defect as well, like you have to imagine that that the questions in his head are starting to spin. And now even more so with uh, the interactions that have been going on with Admiral Rampart, because Admiral Rampart could give two shits less about these clones and now uh, I think Crosshair is starting to see that a little bit more. Crosshair is starting to be like, oh, um, these people don't give a fuck about us. Like these, these, mm-hmm. these uh, Imperial types, they don't give two shits about uh, the clones at all. So um, maybe, we'll, maybe we will say, or you know, maybe he dies before he can defect or, or uh, maybe he defects and then he gets killed. But I assume that, that season two may be the last time we see Crosshair. Um, oh, there's a big prediction. A big prediction for me. So we'll see what happens. Um, All right. Next Moving up, on. Mansell472 says, I don't think there was a bad part of this episode. Maybe the fact that Crosshair is still obeying orders like a good soldier while seemingly having doubts about the Empire. See, he's, he's thinking just like yeah, you, Nick. On the same track. He, uh, and then he says, the best part is that the clones are questioning the Empire, realizing... They're on the wrong side. Now their chips seem to be losing power of control, freeing their minds once more. 
uh, and seeing what horrors they have been doing for the Empire. Some escaping to maybe fight against the Empire or just to free themselves. I hope Cody has a redemption arc joining back up with Rex and maybe Obi-Wan. Um, this is a, a learned fan right here, Mansell yeah. 472. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was a part of the old EU, the old expanded universe, is that a lot of these clones did do exactly what Mansell says. Like, they just, like, they escaped the Empire and they didn't go to fight against them. They just, let, like, lived their life. Like, they just went out and they they just had their own lives from there and they didn't, like, try to insert themselves back into battle they didn't try to become you know machines of war for the other side they were just like look i I was born and bred for battle and now i have the ability to just kind yeah. of live my life out and one of the storylines that was to rest yeah and one of the storylines that was really interesting was specifically around um clones figuring out how to overcome or how to override the accelerated aging they had a, ah, they had okay. clones out there who were figured like who won scientist clones yeah like who one obviously knew and about their accelerated aging process but two there were they were out there like and some had figured out how to override it whether it be from medical procedures or something else so I, I'm very curious to see what Star Wars and Lucasfilm does now with the remaining clones like with the clones who are able to pull themselves out like are they going to give them that reprieve of you no longer have to worry about accelerated aging um so very cool stuff there and then uh the final question and uh or the final response to the question of the week this week is from clone war 501st he said love this episode crosshair is quickly becoming one of my favorite star wars bad guys um i don't think he has a problem obeying these orders, no matter what his chip is telling him. Ooh, so he's yeah, he, he's looking at at, at uh, Crosshair as more of like a true a true villain. So no, I I, I mean, I, there's a part of me I'm I'm there as well. Like even when before he went crazy, he was always on edge. He was always angry. He didn't like the regs. He, he really didn't even like the other Clone Force ninety nine people. And I do. I, I I I'm not saying he's using the chip as as cover. Because uh, it clearly affected him, especially when they amped it up. But I, I do think, by nature, Crosshair enjoys being a warrior and not having to think about anything other than following whatever order he's given. Like he's just—he's very robotic, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. All about it. Like he, he truly just is always going to tell himself, "We're we're soldiers. We're soldiers. We're so like he will not allow himself." like the other clones have to feel like more than just a, a, a uh, machination of war. Like Crosshair truly is like, Nope, I'm just, I was born to kill and that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he doesn't seem like he has the, the, like the true desire to, to stop doing it. Like he does have questions, but he's like, I think, I think the big question in Crosshair's mind is like, if I'm not doing this, then what am I doing? Like, That's what I mean. Like, like, is it even worth being alive if I'm not following orders? Essentially, yeah. is is his operating, uh, yeah, his uh, modus operandi. Yeah, Th- there, that that's what I was trying to do, but I'm stupid. So thank. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Thank you, everyone. Question a week. I, I'm just still not sure why this is one of our more actively watched live streams. Hopefully, hey, happy about it. Keep Thanks. it up. We got eyes on here. Maybe you know, let's do a little dance. You want me to show some nipple? I can do that. You want me? <laughs> 
get a little hairy teed out there. Uh, but hey, welcome to all the new eyes here. Hopefully you stick around. We do it every Tuesday for the most part, 2.30 p. East at Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. All right, man, let's go ahead and switch on over to the final entry in our fan segment, and that is the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. That's right. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, yeah. go. Get involved with this. Use hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your posts. Make sure to add tag at Star Wars Time Show. And yes, then also add tag. Give us an at Star Wars Time Show on there as well. And then Matt will see those. He will pick his favorites throughout the week. And then I come through on the Monday before our show and I pick the top five that Matt mm-hmm, has mm-hmm, shown mm-hmm. on our feed. So to kick and off. You, you pick two that is like. He's got to pick these. He so, so just, Matt does that sometimes. He'll like pick some. He's like, I know that Nick is gonna pick this one, <laughs> and I think so. well, they're, they're, you've surprised me before. But uh, like these two, like man, these are just such finely crafted toy images that he, he's not gonna be able to pass them. I I will say, in in the first one up, I feel like maybe one of them. This is from at <laughs> Jason B Michael. That's one of them. Yes. And the, the thing monolith. is, is like I've never even seen. <laughs> Uh, Space Odyssey. I've never even seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. So, oh. like, I missed the reference. But like you said, it's such a finely crafted piece of of Star Wars toy photography <laughs> that it's you can't not choose it as a top five. So what we see here is... So I'm guessing, since you've never seen this movie, you've never eaten mushrooms or dropped acid then either, right? <laughs> so uh, no to both of those. I have yeah, not. Yeah. Well, hey, it makes sense. That's pretty much the only reason you watch this movie is the first time you you, you trip, you, yeah, you have really. to throw this on. It's oh, like man. a rite of passage. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but, so what we see here are Jawas on Tatooine. Yeah. And they are standing around what I assume is the obelisk from 2001, A Space Odyssey. And they're just like, pray, like one of them is like throwing up yeah. their hands and praising it. They're all pointing and touching. Ooh, ah, ooh. It's, it's like, so if you go watch the movie now, Nick, you'll have reference because there is, there is this shot, but it's with, with chimps. And okay. when this monolith shows up, it, it like fucks up their society essentially. And it, it I, I, I don't know what the fuck that movie means because I've never <laughs> watched it not fucked up but from what i've taken it it, it, it's essentially like the the monolith and the and what the apes do it's like as like new inventions or or new the unknown shows up like just uh, organisms go nuts and usually just want to kill themselves and they can't help themselves it's like it's like when something new shows up uh, humans, animals, monkeys, don't matter. They're, they're going to end up destroying themselves over it, essentially. Yeah. So that makes any sense. Uh, it doesn't. But then again, I probably need to have, like you said, I probably need to have like some context from the movie because this, this monolith probably has some sort of like extraterrestrial uh, pull or something like it's that. It's like this. It's one of the most engaging movies I've ever watched, but I can't tell you what I, what I saw because I was not of my mind. But yeah, I sound was, mind. I was, I was on fungus and I really thought that I was, I was getting something from it. It made sense. I, I think me and my cousin, we just sat there and stared at it for three hours and said no words to each other. <laughs> Maybe laughed here or there. 
I feel like I, I got something out of it, but I, I couldn't fucking tell you one thing about this movie that makes any coherent sense. That, that so makes to me, <laughs> to me, it was about apes or chimps killing each other because a big black thing shows up in the desert. That, well, that's there you go. Kind of Maybe that's just going to happen to these Jawas too. So, <laughs> uh, at Jason B. Michael, make sure to give him a follow. He's one of our favorites here at the Star Wars Time Show and always puts out some, always puts out incredible work like what we see here. I mean, just scroll through the feed. You can see all the amazing stuff that he's yeah, got Yeah, he's an all-star. All-star for sure. Next up in the top five is at Toy Photography Bro. And what we have here is like what a- up, bro? And, and like the way that I looked at this is like it's, You've seen stuff like this before in like war movies, like Full Metal Jacket or something like that, where you have like soldiers posing on the battlefield after like a battle has been finished or after like a a skirmish is over. And that's what we see here. So we see uh, a clone trooper here sitting on a branch, got his uh, almost seems like a a sniper, uh, sniper rifle in his hand. And he's just kind of long rifle. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like posing after what seems to it be like, like a, a hard cute fought little battle. <laughs> yeah. It is like a cute little, hey, we just murdered a bunch of these rebels. Take a shot, pal. Like this. Like, hey, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we just murdered these women and children. Let's take a picture. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it, this image just, it, 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 it captured me. It, it's like it, you couldn't scroll past it. And it is. It's very simple. It's just a... It's like one of those jet trooper, we looks like, at least the armor he's got on. As Nick said, he's just holding the long rifle, sitting on a log, just kind of staring right into the camera. And I, I guess, Nick, you could also argue that on the other side of the lens is this trooper's boyfriend or girlfriend, and they're they're kind of remaking the scene for Titanic <laughs> when 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 Jack has Rose pose nude so he could paint a picture. Maybe so. I mean, Maybe. I I, I kind of get like, don't you get a little sauciness from this trooper? Like it's like, hey boys, yeah. like ch- check this shit out. <laughs> like who want who wants some of this trooper ass? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it maybe uh, it's like a like like a boudoir <laughs> photo shoot that we only got one image from. Ah, that's what I mean. I don't know. I love the shot. And it's just like, as, as we just showed you, you can make up whatever story you want, but it's just, there's something captivating about this shot. Just, I love the, it's got great crispy focus. I think is one thing the, the, the troopers weathered well, but it, it just, it, it catches your eye for some reason. Yeah, it does. No, it's, it's definitely like an eye catching and stopping type of, uh, type of image. So uh, good stuff there at Toy Photography Bro. 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 Next up, new account here. This is at Sir.Dork. For those of you who don't <laughs> know about this guy. There's a noob uh, on the scene. We yeah, got a noob. A newbie. Newbie on the scene. At Sir.Dork. Only <laughs> 2,000 followers on Instagram, uh, guys. So let's pump those numbers up if if uh, if you like what we're seeing here. And what this uh, at Sir.Dork has done for us gave us an awesome shot of our Bad Batch bros. So we see, uh, uh, unfortunately, we, this, is, this had to be prior to Crosshair's uh, uh, defection yeah, this, from the group. This when he was still friends with yeah, everybody. This is when he's still friends. So what you see is Crosshair carrying Hunter on his shoulders, and they're all just kind of shooting off 
Uh, there's some, some some explosions happening in the background. You see some some dead folks. Yeah, they on they the look like they're in the in the Middle them. East and they're just shooting their AK-47s yeah, up into like, the sky, celebrating this is almost like something a post, here. Like a, yeah, like a post battle celebration because you could see that there are some dead people down on the ground after a, a battle has gone down, pr- presumably. Yeah, and um, they're like, see, yeah, they're just shooting <laughs> off guns and fireworks after everything goes down. Uh, you so. know what, Nick? I, I'm starting to think they they might have tapped into some spotchka too, because they they look uh, crosshair would definitely have to be drunk to get into this to let oh, yeah. Hunter jump on his back. He was so yeah. I'm thinking they was, they had a, they had a few tugs on the spotchka bottle before before pulling this off here. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree because I do think that uh, Crosshair is not def- definitely not the one for. Yeah, a, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah come on, Hunter, get on my shoulders, let's go, woohoo, woo, yeah, Club Four Side of Nine, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what it looks like. Good, good. But yeah, hey, in all seriousness, uh, this is a this is the the, the dude, Sir Dork the dude. Reborn. Uh, I, I've been featuring him every day he tags us and I'll keep doing that every single day to, to give him whatever little help our tiny account can give. But he has been out there for the past week or two. Uh, poor, poor guy reissuing essentially his, his, his back catalog. So yeah, give know. him, give him a look, sir. Dork. Uh, I'm telling you, you will be amazed every week with what this dude puts out. With his with his toys, not just Star Wars. We're talking, you know, DC, Marvel. He does it all. But some cocksucker, some commie, took his account, got it shut down. Now he's got to start from scratch. So yeah, so we're here for him. We're speaking his name at Sir Dork. Make sure to go give him a follow. Pump those numbers back up. Get Jared back to the seventy five k that he was at right. prior. Good stuff. Uh. Next up in the top five is at Mr. M-R, M-U-P-P-A-06, Mr. Muppa 06. And it's a fantastic shot here we got of Rex uh, hanging around with the boys. Looks like they're working their way through uh, a, like some sort of township, uh, and they just blasted some B1s. You can see a B1 down in the foreground of this picture. And it still seems like the smoke is settling from this last battle to go off. Uh, but yeah, it seems like Rex and the gang are making their way through some sort of uh, town, clearing it out of all the separatist droids um, uh, sometime during the Clone Wars. Uh, I love the use of atmosphere in this shot. I also love the use of, uh, like, I don't know what this structure is that's right to the, to the right of the frame, but like this looks incredibly well weathered. Um, fits along with the scene in total. And then the added depth of having some of the troopers there in the background behind the smoke also adds a great level of, of depth. I mean, honestly, dude, shot. like the, these people that, that have talent in this hobby, it's probably styrofoam that, that had like some spackling put over it and then weathered to make it look like Star Wars buildings. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, but yeah, I'm with you. I just, I, I like the natural look of this shot. Uh, everything appears to be in camera. That That's kind of my, my thing. Uh, fuck Photoshop, although you can do some great stuff with it if you really know what you're doing. But if you're a lazy asshole that doesn't feel like figuring out overly complicated software that doesn't need to be, uh, any doing stuff in camera is titties. Yeah. And, and let's be real. I mean, Rex, probably the most iconic looking clone with that helmet and the paint he had on his helmet. I know the arcs stand out a little bit more because they, they retain their fin, but 
I, there's just something about Rex's helmet that, that stood out. He, he maintained that some of the phase one look with some of the phase two. He's just a, that, that's our boy, the, bl- the blonde bomber, as we like to call him <laughs> here at the SWTS. So right. good, good natural uh, setup there at Mr. Muppa 06. Correct. Mr. Muppa 06. Make sure to give them a follow. And finally, in the top five, this may, this may be the second This was shot. the one. I'm like, yeah. I was like, sometimes Nick misses these works of art that this guy puts out, but this one you got. I so. always see the Black Series shots. I always see the Zay shots, but I just... This one was hard to pass, right? It's, it's I mean, hard it's, to pass up on it's, because... It's fucking amazing. It's, it's such an iconic image from the sequel trilogy. Like, this was That the never first, got paid off on that, either. That's, that's the exactly best part. what I was going to say is like... <laughs> We see this in the first movie in in oh my uh, God. TFA in in Ray's like uh like memories or whatever it was those days. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it, it, at least from my perspective, dude, when she had that that the vision, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. there's our lore. We're gonna explore this lore in in eight and nine, baby. Here we go. They're doing it right this time. They're doing it right. Yeah, and this gave and everybody... then uh, the Knights of Ren didn't show up again until the the ninth movie, and they yeah. were used for like two seconds to stand like... on a to stand on a plateau in Jordan. That's it. Yeah, it seemed <laughs> like I don't know why they weren't needed in TLJ, but oh they my were God. completely left out of TLJ. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so this is what we see. We see the fully assembled Knights of Ren. This is I would call this. Uh, a scene recreation from the from the flashbacks or the 100%. visions that that uh, Ray was having for 100%. TFA and and Zay at BLKSRS on on Instagram Black Series fucking nails it down to the rain the the top like the topography and the in the setting yeah, of I where mean, it was it's like he was with JJ back in 2014 yeah, or whatever and, I mean and, and just found this shot in his camera roll just beautiful nailed the poses and everything and did such a fantastic job with the uh the post effects on on Kylo's lightsaber I mean uh this makes me want a whole series that focuses on Kylo and the Knights of Ren and gives us more insight into what these guys were doing pre uh, yeah, like what, 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 what was this trilogy. about? Why were they on this rainy, muddy planet? And why would Ray be involved? Why was she yelling no? Like, why? Why did we lose all this stuff? Exactly. When I just did my rewatch and I watched TFA again, I was like, I turned to Heather and I'm like, that is a fucking great movie. It is. That, that, that had so much potential for the trilogy. And then poof. 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 That's what it I. It just fucking poofed. That's what I always and, and say. And this was it, man. That 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 her dream and, and running through Bespin and and here in Kenobi and here in Luke and this. It's like, oh my God, there's so much. Look at this lore. Look at the what uh, the tie-ins. Oh my God, that's Kenobi's voice. What does that mean? Is it, and then bleh, I'm I'm Ray Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it ends for me, at least. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Yeah, Damn man, you, man. Black Series, for reminding me of how much potential the sequels had because uh, of TFA. I don't care if TFA was a New Hope reskin. Who gives a shit? It had potential. Things were set up. It was. Fuck. It was. But, but hey. you know what's crazy, dude? You know what these toys are? These are like the the pre-posed little shits you buy in the Disney store and like the like the big packs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. ever seen those? Yeah, that that's what this is. Well, I mean, they made them yeah. look. About as good as anybody could make. I know. Look. <laughs> That's what 
And, and these are like little <laughs> you can't pose. I mean, they're they're pre-posed. They're just solid pieces of plastic. And he did it. I mean, it, it looks literally from a, a, a cell from the film that they used to shoot this shot. 100 percent. So uh, at BLK SRS on Instagram, make sure to give him a follow if you're not already. I mean, he's one of the all stars of the of the toy photography world. Um, so make sure that you are doing your duty and following him on the Instagram. Um, but that is it. That's all for the top five. And that's all for the Star Wars time show for this week. So, Matt, close right. us out. You can hear it. My uh, HVAC just kicked on, which means we, we got to stop because it's just going to be very loud on the recording and I can't <laughs> handle that. But real quick before I, I do my goodbye dance, uh, we were contacted by, I'm assuming someone on Nick Gillard's team uh about you know he started a youtube channel called gallard stunts he was uploading a lot of his footage from the prequels a lot of his bts stuff i'm sure you all have seen the footage pop up on on other people's tiktoks and where you got the real battle between sidious and the jedi masters and in his office the one he talked about on our show uh but anyways one of his reps reached out and they're like hey i don't know if you guys can help us but there's this this channel star wars analyst okay so that's the youtube channel but apparently this star wars analyst has been lifting all of nick gallard's content from his youtube channel and using it on star wars analysts uncredited and just doing the old fair use stuff which is why he's allowed to get away with it um but they, they just kind of they they pointed out to us like listen this star wars analyst is also using your content without permission i was like well fuck this guy must be a real scumbag if they're using our shitty content because no one not even our own fans use our own content so sure enough i went out and looked and within one of this guy's videos using all of nick's footage he brings in our fucking interview blurs out nick blurs out me blurs out any star wars time show branding and has Gallard speaking to the Mace Windu versus Sidious battle when, when I got Gallard to say once and for all who would have won. And he said, dude, Palpatine would have fucking mopped the floor with him if he wanted to. So this Star Wars analyst, not sure if any of you are fans or subscribers, uh, but you may want to reconsider your fandom because the, the person seems a little shady. You know, in the end, fair use is fair use. He is adding his own commentary, so YouTube is never going to do anything. Uh, but it would just be the, the, the right thing for this person to do would be to give Nick credit, to give us credit in the description, in the video itself. So if you're out there, you're a fan, or if you just have a YouTube account and you want to go check out Star Wars Analyst and, and let them know you don't appreciate stealing content, uh, Nick and his team would appreciate it. I'm going to drop a link here in our chat that goes to one of Star Wars analysts' videos using Nick's content and our content. And as you can see, there are no attributions anywhere. And the channel is doing well on Nick's content. They got like 75,000 subs. Videos are doing like 20,000, 30,000 views. So I'll drop it right here in the uh, live stream chat for anyone that gives a shit. Now, we're not telling anyone to go out and and you know make false claims and reports but use your judgment in those channels you frequent you know if they're they're stealing shit no credit that that's 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 an instant fuck off in my book at least so 
uh, I just I told them I would help get the word out. So if there's anything you can do, you know to do, or just let that other channel be like, hey, just just credit Nick. I don't give a shit about our video. I mean, who who in the end who gives a fuck? I mean, I don't even know how the how the channel found our video to use yeah. in his own. That that's that's fucking a miracle in and of itself. Um, but there you go, Star Wars analyst. You may want to stay away. A known bootlegger of Nick Gillard's material, and uh, it, it just sounds like they're not relinquishing. They're, they're they're like fuck you. It's it's our content. We're gonna do what we want. All right. So on that down note, let's go ahead and put this episode to bed, my friend. As Nick said, the show is done but it's not over we're always here we're always with you in the force we have a discord if you want to join hit us up instagram we got our 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 free invite link other other podcasts would charge not us but more importantly if you are new we did have a few new people today it's one of our larger audiences during the live make sure to head on over to starwarstime.net all right, StarWarsTime.net. That's our home on the internet. But for you, it's an easy way to get subbed into our podcast platforms. You know, we're out there on the on the iTunes, on the Spotify's, uh, the Sirius XM, Stitcher, Pandora's. You name it, we are everywhere. We just need you to sub up. But more importantly, subs nothing. That's easy. That's just a click. If you can rate or review the show on podcast platforms, that's where we really need your help. That's the best way you can show your love for the show, your loyalty, whatever you want to call it. Leave ratings and reviews. We got to juice those algorithms. All right. The AI controls our fate, but you can influence it. Same thing on the YouTube. If you're watching right now, you haven't done it yet, make sure to give us a thumbs up on today's live stream. Leave a comment, share, do clips. We'd love for you to start clipping our content and sharing it. Just give us credit, unlike Star Wars analysts. You know the drill, right, my friends? All right, people, it's been real. Hopefully we can kind of ride this wave throughout the the, the, the opening quarter of this new Star Wars year because it was cool to have, you know, up, upwards of 30 people at once. We 180 views so far. There's a lot of good speculation going on in the chat, and that makes me happy. And I can see Nick, he's even smiling, so he's happy too. His face is getting a little red, so that means he's he's been drinking already today, but I'm we have to celebrate. To come in. Yeah. <laughs> we we have to celebrate something so all right people starwarstime.net because there's always time for star wars time and don't forget make sure to tell the new people if you listen to the star wars time show the force will be with you always 